All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Daily Face-Off podcast comes courtesy of The Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Beebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 8, Episode 1 of the Daily Face-Off Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, Brock Segan. With me, as always, are the boys, Dylan D. Berthium, Michael Beebs Bondi. D, we'll start with you. How's it going, bro? Happy to be here, Brock. Couldn't be happier. Nowhere on earth I'd rather be than right here in this garage. <laughs> and Beebs, how about yourself? I'm doing great. I'm just fitted in my... Um, my Avs championship gear, so I uh, just wanted you guys to just just remind you guys um, how last year ended. Um, otherwise, though, you know, doing great, ready for the season to start. Um, now that fantasy baseball is done, um, fantasy football off to a yeah. rare roaring start for some of us. Yeah, so some it's hockey time. Much. Yeah, some of us are zero and four across all our leagues, but you know, are you actually? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a tough. Yeah. Start. Um, all right. Yeah, just a couple of housekeeping notes out of the gate. Uh, happy to announce that Beavis has now joined Daily Faceoff full time. Uh, Dylan continuing in a part time role. So the three boys all together now at DFO, which is great. Beebs, happy to have you. Um, if you have been on Daily Faceoff in the first couple weeks of September, you will have seen uh, Michael Bonney's name all over the site. Yeah. So That's my name. Um, <laughs> if you're wondering, that we didn't just hire two Bondies. It's just, uh, you know. You, got a, real, you yeah. got a real name. I had a debate if I should put Beebs, Bondi, or Michael under the under the written thing, and I guess we went with the, the yes. actual name. So we kept it professional. Super official. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just mentioned the draft kit. Uh, obviously, we are unveiling new pieces uh, every single day. 
as far as I'm know, I believe it's the only uh, one of its kind that is 100% free across the industry. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's really no reason for you guys to pay for one because you get it all for free at dailyfaceoff.com. Uh, my projections will be dropping in a couple of days, full projections. We have some projections coming out in team previews right now. Uh, where we have mini bios for all the fantasy relevant and dynasty relevant players, uh, as well as players that might just be relevant in banger leagues. Um, and then we will obviously be having all sorts of different podcasts, as well as different feature articles, breakouts, busts, all that uh, a little bit more in depth. But uh, as for today, it is our first podcast of the season as we've done. If you uh, are new to the show, we go through each position uh, center, left wing, right wing, defense, and goalie. We break down our consensus top 10 give you guys each some sleepers, breakouts, and busts from the three of us. Um, today, we will be focusing on the centers, but we will be releasing at least six pre-draft episodes uh, covering the six positions of fantasy hockey. So as I mentioned, we will start with the centers and our consensus top 10 at the position. Um, coincidentally enough, we have the exact same top seven across the board. So not too much debate um, among our top seven, it does get a little bit different from there. Um, as I mentioned, we will go through our top 10, but we'll talk about a little bit, uh, a couple players that are just not outside of our top 10 and kind of give some reasons uh, as to maybe why one of us had them inside our top 10 versus not. Um, but let's start at the very top with none other than Connor McDavid. I don't think it's any surprise that Connor McDavid is at the top of the centers list. He's at the top of the fantasy uh, draft list altogether. Um, really pretty He's good. just not human. Uh, last year he had 123 points, 44 goals, 79 assists in 80 regular season games. Uh, but then went on to lead the playoffs in points as well with 33 points in just 16 games, 10 goals, 23 assists. Uh, it was just an out of this world performance from McDavid in the playoffs. I mean, they got knocked same out old, same old. and still led the playoffs in points. So, um, yeah, he's he's just ridiculous. Uh, over the last two seasons, he's averaged an absurd 46 goals and 91 assists per 82 games. So, uh, you know, truly the only player in the NHL even somewhat capable of, like, maybe putting up 140 points. Like, oh, I don't yeah. think there's uh, an argument about that. It's um, crazy saying, like, the sky's the limit for this dude, and he's just putting up a buck 20 every year. Um, I mean, who knows at this pace? He just keeps getting better. Why not? Yeah, and just a little uh, caveat here before we move on to... Um, Good big word. We we break these guys down into a one single position so that they don't appear on multiple shows. Uh, basically, any player that doesn't play like strictly center um, and has wing eligibility, we move them to the wing. So you will not hear us talk about Leon Dreisaitl on today's show. We have him listed as a left winger as opposed to a center because he's left wing eligible. And if you draft him number two or number three or number four overall, you're most likely going to have him fill a left wing slot anyways because it's a much thinner position than center so just in case you're like we're five names deep and you're freaking out that we haven't talked about leon yet he will be featured on the next episode the left wing so uh d anything else to add on connor mcdavid um no he has 14 more assists than games played over the last three seasons so i mean that kind of floor is just ridiculous you know that you're going to get a point per game on top of whatever he gives you in terms of the goal production i I mean, maybe it's just the homer in me. I did have a slight pause in kind of thinking about whether or not there's some consideration to take Matthews above him. Um, just because I don't think that's really a question that a lot of people are even entertaining. But I do think Matthews' like goal scoring floor and upside is 
significantly higher than McDavid's, but obviously, like I said, he doesn't come with that <laughs> 100-point floor that McDavid brings. Um, Matthew's probably a little bit more injury-prone in their time. So I, I do think there's a bit of a conversation or a thought to be had, and if you take Austin Matthews over Connor McDavid, uh, I don't think it's the most ridiculous thing or over the Andreas title in that regard. But yeah, I mean, sitting here ranking them and in terms of recommending them to, to thousands of people, I, I can't sit here and, and put Matthews above McDavid. But I think there's some logic to it, especially in, in leagues that uh, favor goals a lot more than, than assists. I think it would be uh, more of a conversation if McDavid was like 30 goals, 100 assists, right? If he was more of like a Nicholas Backstrom where he what like he's still scoring 40 goals a year. Like it's an, he's doing basically what... 98% of the league is unca- like incapable of doing. And then he's also like, oh, and I have 85 assists. Yeah, it's so weird looking at this dude's numbers and just being like, oh, wow, he could use a couple more goals just to yeah. even it out. And you're like, oh, shit, he's uh top 10 percentile. If he know. hits 130 points this season, he'll be the first player since 1996 when both Mario Lemieux and Yarmer Yager uh, hit that good. mark. Um, and then just another kind of note about McDavid. Outside of that uh, broken clavicle early in his career there, um, McDavid is appeared in 97% of games over the last six seasons. So um, to, to your point there, but Matthews maybe being a little bit more injury prone, McDavid has proven to be extremely durable um, throughout his career other than his rookie season there. Moving on to number two, Austin Matthews. All three of us have Austin Matthews at number two as well. Um, D, you seem to be the one that was really leading towards taking maybe Matthews over McDavid. Anything else just to add as to why he is clearly number two for you uh well just the fact that the assist totals took such a jump last year as well right um he added that dimension to his uh, i guess to his game to his fantasy game more than anything right but 46 assists last season his previous career high had been 36 so i think that was the one knock on matthews compared to the other uh i guess the top echelon of fantasy guys is that uh you know maybe he doesn't have that potential or that reliability to hit 100 points like the other guys do and then we saw that last year he had 106 points in just 73 games I think he has more goal scoring upside than anyone else in the league. Um, he's shooting the puck more than anyone, and he has a 16% career shooting percentage. So, yeah, like I think 60 goals if he plays a full 82 is well, well within reason just with the, the rates that this guy's been playing at the last few seasons. So, uh, yeah, that's why it gave me some pause because, like, if, you know, if he's going to have 50 assists and 60 goals, like, Again, it really depends on your format, but in some leagues, that's going to be more valuable than the 40 and 80 <laughs> or 40 and 75 that you might look to get from McDavid. So Yeah, and people love going to the, to the point for McDavid. They're always like, well, well dry settles right there. Well, Austin Matthews has Mitch Marner, who, as we know, is you know a top five assist producer in the league. The guy is just, just filthy, and he actually had a down year last year. Um, had down first half. Down first half, had to bring it back up, and, and those are things that affect Austin Matthews' numbers, which is pretty crazy. Um, that he still dropped the 60. We haven't seen 60 goals since, I believe, Steven Stamkos a couple years back. No, he hit 59. He didn't yeah. quite make it. Um, so we haven't seen it forever. Um, and that is elite production. We, You know how much we love goals. It usually is the, the deciding factor when choosing between two players. So um, I think this was a no-dutter. Uh, like D said, there's you, you could you could make a case in leagues where, where goals are a little bit stronger for him over McDavid. But yeah. um, even just saying you can make a case, is that's an obvious number two. Right and, and a big part of his increase in his assist totals just kind of comes down to the change in Marner's game and the shot his shot volume drastically improving yeah. up around three shots a game last year. He scored 35 goals. So if that's something that continues, then, then certainly Matthew's uh, assist totals, he shouldn't have any problem putting up uh, an assist every other game, which obviously or hopefully should be enough with his goal scoring to have him rate around 100 points again. So, 
Yeah, the one thing that's pretty interesting about uh, Matthews as well is for as good as he is, as good of a goal scorer as he is, he really hasn't had kind of that like elite level power play yeah. goal production. Um, I mean, he's still obviously very, very good in the last three seasons. He still ranks fifth in the league tied with Alex Ovechkin, who many... Obviously, he's the you know the greatest power play goal scorer you know of all time probably. But um, I mean you know even 38, 38 for Matthews, fifty five for Leon over that time. Even Chris Kreider obviously last year was crazy. Forty six, Pasternak forty one, Zibanejad forty. So like Matthews still seems like there's even like a little bit yeah. more that he can unlock. I mean he's well, led the NHL in, in even strength goals for three consecutive seasons of his in his six career uh, seasons. He's led the league in even strength goals four times. Um, so if he just unlocks even just like a couple more power play goals, I mean, he could really uh, kind of just, just blow up, right? Well, even um, last year... Steven Stamkos, just for the record, yeah. did hit 60 goals in 2012. Yeah. Um, so he's the first player since Stamkos in 2012. Before that, 65 goals from Ovechkin yeah. um, in 2008. The only people to do it since uh, 2000. Pretty decent. Even last year, though, uh, Connor McDavid, 17 more points than Austin Matthews, 15 more power play points than him. So if those come down, get a little, they start to average out a bit more. Um, you know, we could see them get a lot closer to each other. Right. And um, 16 more goals for Matthews, right? So yeah. it kind of just, it does come down to it. Most leagues, I agree that with that drastic of a difference in how many more assists McDavid provides, I think McDavid is more valuable. But certainly points leagues, like there are going to be leagues where I, I would seriously consider Matthews ahead of him. Okay, I know we said we weren't really going to talk about him on today's show, but when you look at ADP right now, and it's still very early, but a lot of times these don't change too drastically, especially at the top. Right now, 1.1 is Connor McDavid, 2.3 is Leon Dreisaitl, 3.1 is Austin Matthews. If you're in that two hole and McDavid goes first, are you taking Matthews over Leon? I take Leon for the left wing. Personally, I take Leon 1-1 this year because I think his production, point production, might be 5 to 10 points less than McDavid. Yeah. Again, you're going to get 5 to 10 more goals. There's and, so many good centers. Yeah, and Dreisaitl, another guy who just does not miss time. So I, I think there's a real, you know, there's injury risk with everyone, of course, but I think there's as much reliability in his production Yes, you know, probably point upside slightly, maybe not as high as McDavid. He did win the Art Ross over him a couple of years ago. So, you know, certainly plausible that he's right there with him. He's going to score more goals than him almost, you know, assuredly. Uh, and then, yeah, just the fact that he's got the left wing eligibility is just massive. Because like you said, it's going to be so much easier to find centers with very high floors and some decent upside later in the draft. Left wing, they just completely fall off the table. I mean, we'll talk about some centers on today's show whose ADP yeah. is in, in, in like the mid 100s that are. I mean, if you take a look at our top 10s, even, I mean, we've got guys that are going um, 133, 117. It's like you can get those guys there where our top 15 left wingers are all significantly higher ADP. Yeah, so, he, like, you he, can, if you can fill out those, those wing positions early, um, there's some, some centers that you can grab late that'll be, you know, could potentially be top ten centers for sure. Where that doesn't that same upside doesn't really no hit. best case for a bottom of the draft left wing is maybe a 30-30 season. Yeah, right? so yeah, like picking sleepers with centers, you got handfuls of options. You this go, could have been a three left, hour podcast. Yeah, you go to left wingers, you go to right wingers. You're like, oh, maybe this guy will step it up. I think he can do it. But yeah. centers, I mean, we could sit here and you know go back and forth. I had a couple sleeper left wingers, and I was just like. <laughs> I don't even love this. Yeah. But centers, yeah, you're right. You know, four or five of them. Um, okay, number three. Consensus number three for us. Uh, all three of us had Nathan McKinnon ranked third, uh, number three center. And, uh, I mean, obviously coming off a Stanley Cup, um, he is D- Beebs' boy. Um, you guys are so lucky, eh? You got Austin Matthews, Not Nathan bad. McKinney, one or two, three franchises are looking up. Detroit, I mean, we're, we're looking better, but 
I want a Nathan McKinnon or an Austin Matthews. Yeah. Uh, they're pretty fun to watch. Good to have. You should try having one with a elite defenseman in Cam McCart. It's I a, enjoy watching mine more in the regular season, personally. Uh, but. Yeah, and I, and I can't blame you. Yeah. Uh, but Beebs, number three, Nathan McKinnon. 88 points in 65 games last year. 32 goals, 56 assists. Ridiculous season. Um, still, nine years into his NHL career. Obviously, we all kind of remember a bit of a slower start, but... Uh, by his fifth year, he was just a perennial 90-point player, but still has yet to crack 100 points. Mm-hmm. Um, the Avalanche, you know, obviously coming off a of Stanley Cup, it was going to be difficult to retain everybody on that roster. Is he capable of getting to 100 points this year? He was obviously on that pace last year. Um, I, you know, he has to stay steady. Last year, he he kind of had a down year as far as fantasy goes for himself. Um, he's outside of the NHL's top 15 in scoring. You know, it's 32 goals or 37th in the league. That's really not that great when you're considering where you're taking this guy. Um, I actually, in the, in the preview, kind of shit on him a little just because expectations are so high um, with a player like this. He's definitely someone who has a lot more flash when you're watching him than what he's actually going to do for fantasy production. Um, if, if we're talking with Matthews at two and then McKinnon at three, I would rather have Matthews in fantasy um, all day, every day. Like you said, that 100 points just kind of seems like a... Um, a hard ceiling for him and uh, he's had all this he's had a couple years a couple strong years just to get over that and it's not coming Um, with that said this could be the year but until it happens I really can't justify using one of my top picks on a guy like this um, I you know I love. I'm him, surprised but, uh, that you you're this harsh on him I mean he was on pace for 377 shots last year which would have been 30 clear of Austin Matthews, which obviously Matthews missed some time as well. Yeah, but McKinnon but, needs to take that many shots. Yeah, well, yeah, he only yeah. shoots 10% every year, where Matthews is shooting 17%. But yet McKinnon, I mean, he was on pace for 111 last year. Yeah. I, I'm in agreement with you where I, I'm i okay if I land McKinnon, yeah. but it doesn't... I don't mind it. I just don't yeah. want people reaching when there's names like Dreisaitl. Yeah, like, so his Matthews, current ADP you know. is 4.6, and it's, it's a little bit difficult for me when you talk about... Give me McCarr over him all day. It's interesting. It's an interesting debate to yeah. have to have for yeah. sure. I that, mean, yeah, McKinnon. That's I think story. McKinnon obviously has a hundred point upside. Yeah. It's just yeah. honestly the biggest thing is just healthy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he could play the full eighty two. He would have got it a couple times yeah. over by now. And his um, game's just so hard that yeah. it, it might not happen. To know? me, he's just like McDavid Light. You know what I mean? Like he, you know, the points are going to be there. He's going to be producing comfortably above a point per game all season long. But we talked about it. he's a ten percent career shooter. He's only shot above eleven percent once in his career. Um, and because of that, he's only top 40 goals one time. So that's the bigger number yeah, for that was me. Yeah. The fact that he's, you know, you can't rely on him to get to 40 goals, whereas everyone else we've talked to at this point, slam dunk for 40 goals and, you know, easily going to break 100 points if they play the full season. So yeah. McKinnon, yes, I think he can break 100 points, but it's probably going to look like something more like a 35-70 split sort of thing, right? And so, even if he does that, like there's eight players who got 100 points last yeah. year that have, like you said, better, yeah, you know, 40 exactly. So slightly more injury concerns. Uh, obviously doesn't have, you know, in terms of the upside or the floor, the same as his production as McDavid. And yeah, his goal scoring just isn't quite on par with the rest of them. Still one of the very best players in the world. Um, but yeah, I, I think in terms of fantasy purposes, for me, someone I'm more comfortable taking in the middle of the first round than uh, the top end of it. Yeah, I mean, obviously my projections aren't always a million percent correct, but they're usually a good starting point when you're when you're evaluating players. And I have McKinnon finishing 19th in the NHL in goals this season, 34.8. Yeah, 98 of, points though. So, I mean, obviously yeah. he could, he's going to be flirting with 100 points again. But yeah, he's just definitely not a lock yeah. for 40 goals like some of these names we've already spoken about. Number four on the list, Steven Stamkos. Obviously a- another guy who's had injury concerns in the past, but those seem to be 
behind him, played at 81 games a season year. ago. 42 goals, 64 assists, 106 points for Stamkos. Led the league in game-winning goals, 241 shots. Shot 17.4%. He's a career 17% shooter, so don't let that fear you. Uh, yeah, I mean, the only concern, I guess, here for, for Stamkos last year was the 15.7 on-ice shooting percentage. It's certainly not something that you um, can expect to continue moving forward. But, um, I mean, whenever you're, you know, if he ends up playing a prolonged period of time with Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point, I mean, it's certainly, you're yeah. certainly able to maintain a much higher shooting right. percentage. It, than, exactly. So, I mean, even if it's not 15, I'd still expect it. Look, yeah, his, career, his, fine. his career percentage is 12.9. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. he's Steven Stamkos and he's, he's always played on, basically always played on a fantastic hockey team. So, um, yeah, I mean, even if it falls off that, you know, that extra 2%, we're probably talking like 55 assists instead of the 64 yeah. he had last year, right? So, Again, that's why we don't have him quite as high as the other ones. And, and, you know, the age is a factor as well. He's coming up on his 15th NHL season. Obviously, some major injury concerns the last few years. But when he's out there, when he's healthy, um, he's as good as it gets. And obviously, you talked about it, the shot volume. Uh, and more importantly, just his ability to consistently convert at an above-average rate yeah. over his career. Uh, you love and feel really good about his chances to get into 40 goals. And now, you know, kind of the, his renaissance in the back half of his career, you know, at least to this point in the back half, has been all about his growth as a playmaker. So you love that because he's still got... That was kind of the concern for me as over a full season. Is he still going to threaten that 40-goal threshold? Is he still going to be able to maintain a 17% shooting percentage over 82 games? So we saw that last year. So feel good about it. Feel good yeah. about him getting somewhere around a 40-50 point pace over the 82 games. Yeah, um, it's it, it, I can't really think of a player that got less respect last year. There was a lot of players who went under the radar with great seasons, but we're talking about a guy who finished 6th in points, ninth in goals, 8th in power play points, and then led the league in game-winning goals. So he's top 10 in many fantasy categories. I feel like not too many people talked about him. No, not at all. It was, and More people were talking about Kucherov coming back from injury doing this, and granted, he played phenomenal during his half-season stretch, but Stamkos put it all together. Um, like D said, though, we've only seen 100-plus points one time in his 14-year career. Um, so, you know, maybe last year was our best year that we get from him. But if we can get 95 points, 40 goals, 95 points out of him, I love it. I think he makes an incredibly safe pick this year. And one where people, again, are kind of going to disrespect Stamkos because they don't really realize what he did and, and how effective he is when he truly is healthy. Um, so, you know, I, I, I like him a lot. And uh, I think he's going to be one of those guys who drops to you and when you're sitting there and you're looking. You're choosing between two people, and you should most times likely yeah, take him. Yeah, I, I think he should be going. Like, I wouldn't be afraid to take him on the turn, right? Like 12, 13. Absolutely. And he's going yeah. 20th overall right now. Yeah, so in, just in terms of the respect that Beebs kind of just mentioned, he's currently the number six center off the board. Again, center kind of by our uh, our standards here, going behind Barkoff and Crosby, who we'll get to in a minute. Um, Sixth center, and he finished sixth in the whole league in points last year. Yeah. yeah. To me, though, too, obviously, I mean, you can, you can clearly see it by the ADP, but... This is a significant drop-off to me um, from McKinnon to Stamkos. This is kind of where like yeah. I would I would consider taking McKinnon top five, but I think there's a pretty decent drop-off here in terms of like the tier where now I would be much more inclined to start taking some of these wingers, taking maybe a Kale McCarr um, over Stamkos. Not like no disrespect to Stamkos. I think he's gonna have a great year, but I think that there's many other wingers out there who we'll get to in, in later episodes that have the same ceiling as he does at a much worse position. So uh, I, I love Stamkos and you know, if you could give, if you could pencil me in um, to take him at 20, like, I mean, ADP right now, number five is Kale McCarr. 
the term come back and get Stamkos. I mean, that's a pretty impressive way to start your roster. So uh, if he continues to fall kind of into that late second round, Stamkos is an absolute steal. But I, too, would, do prefer grabbing some of these wingers um, over him. So He does have the left wing in, in Yahoo. Oh, well. does he also have yet? Okay, well, then there you go. That changes everything. That, uh, in that case, I would Which I don't know where they got left wing yeah. from because I'm pretty sure well, he did center he, right last year. Yeah, center right, I would, I would be... I would agree with. Yeah, for that's sure. what I, I don't. Actually. I don't know if he played a whole lot of left wing last year, but I, you know, I could be mistaken. It would not be the first time. Um, well, like considering you know Sidney Crosby's going a spot and a half ahead of him, eighty average ADP. I would so much rather have Stamkos than Crosby, especially knowing now that he has left wing eligibility. It's a that's a no brain. Yeah, absolute no brainer to go Stamkos. Yeah, I think it's a sneaky pick because yeah. I, I just think he could easily like replicate if not eclipse McKinnon's yeah. production yeah. and he didn't and have about a guy last that's year. going around a half after him right? oh yeah so. I would I, I, like we said I don't love McKinnon there yeah and if you could get like you could get McKinnon uh, like uh Stamkos literally one full round yeah. later and it's like it's a no-brainer like like yeah. I said start Mc, you said you'd take McCarr over McKinnon if you could start with those two that's a, a, a hell of a start I mean well, McCarr is just so crazy this year because like we've never really talked about a defenseman like potentially going that high but like his value yeah. Over the rest of the defensemen is his goal is, value is, just is so significant. I mean, could he score thirty this year? Like he really yeah, could. I mean, he, we're he, talking about him. On he the was field, on pace to do it last year up until he went cold absolute, for twenty games. So. Absolutely, bonkers. I mean, cold was still a point per game, but it just wasn't a goal. Super free. Um, Should not no, have won the Norris, but it's fine. One last addition to Stamkos' awesome year last year. He did it. I, I mean, I mentioned it, but Kucherov only played forty-seven games. Mm-hmm. During those games, Kucherov had sixty-nine points. So. You add in the other 35 games that Stamkos has yeah. with Kutrov across a full year, and, and you could be talking about you know, 10, 15 more points just off little things like power play production, a little plays here and there. We've seen how Dominic Even at 5v5 last year, they played together a lot more than they had in a, in recent years, right? Like a lot of times Stamkos was kind of anchoring that second line with Kutrov carrying that top line with point. Uh, but they put these two together quite a bit, and, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Obviously, the, they've got a little bit more of a depth issue now than they, they had in recent years, so they might have to rely on a really powerful top line to carry them more than they have had to. Um, so that'll be a, a, an interesting development Nasty to follow as the season progresses as well. Uh, consensus number five overall is Alexander Barkov overall center. <laughs> Just to clarify. Yes. Um, Bar- Barkov, we each have him at five. Really a lot of... Uh, difference in our in our rankings here <laughs> but uh, making for an exciting show for sure but Barkoff number five overall I mean he is um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this Panthers team um, the trade that they made to acquire Matthew Kachuk um, was crazy um, I think like we talked about last year Barkoff did not play a lot with Jonathan Huberto. Uh, they had in the past, they were ridiculously good together, um, but they didn't play together much at all last year, where I think it could be a little bit different, and Matt Kachuk will be with Barkoff. Um, Kachuk was outstanding last year. That line in Calgary was was probably the best line in the entire NHL throughout the course of the season. They played together the whole year, um, and I think Kachuk could really help take Barkoff just a, a, another step further here. Um, obviously, I think if you played, if, if Barkov and Huberto played together the entire year last year, I mean, Barkov could be top three in league scoring, like right where Huberto was, right? Like he could be that good. But, you know, basically played with Carter Verhage and Anthony Duclair most of the year and put up 88 points in 67 games. Fell one short of, 30, of 40 goals with 39. Fell one short of 50 apples with 49, 88 points. I mean, just a ridiculous season. Um, and again, seemingly somebody that nobody really seemed to talk about. I mean, Huberto took a lot of the headlines last year with a 100-point season. Barkoff, 
Um, still ridiculously good and adds Matt Kachuk to the mix this year. He was ninth among all players in points per game, so that just shows his production when he is in your fantasy lineup. Um, but yeah, he's a guy who's never passed 40 goals in his career, never passed 100 points. It's kind of crazy talking about him and McKinnon in that same um, stretch. I, if someone were to go up to me on the street and say, how many do they have combined? I'd probably say like, yeah, four or five. Um, but here we are talking about them both. I think uh, with him going you know, at, at about 14th right now, I think that's a, a little too high. Um, we need to, to pump the brakes a bit there on that one. As, a, as you mentioned, he is just strict center only. Um, and that's kind of going to be something that we repeat a lot in this episode. There's just a lot of, a lot of similar options around there. Obviously, I do love Barkov. His big thing's always been kind of his health. He just needs to stay, like, keep it together for 82. And yeah, he's missed 24 games in the last three years combined. Yeah. I mean, it's not a ton. It just um, most of them obviously came last year. But yeah, it's the one thing doing it. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a bit of a concern throughout his career, right? I mean, he had a couple seasons there in 2018, 2019, pretty healthy. Before that, missing a lot of time. So that's been his big bugaboo. Yeah, um, I yeah. There's obviously some, or there is a bit of concern in terms of regression. He shot 18% last year. His on ice was 13.9, so probably a little bit coming down there. Does Kachuk offset that? I'm sure a little bit if they play exclusively together at mm-hmm. 5v5. Don't know if it's a plus or a minus for the power play just yet. I feel like losing Huberto could hurt Barkov's power play yeah. production a little bit, uh, but it wasn't that outstanding last year anyway. So I, he's to me the floor is safe, but. I mean, we talked about how Stamkos on Yahoo and in some other formats, he might be able to give you wing eligibility. You're not going to get that with Barkov. He is going to be straight center. Um, so, yeah, that hurts him. But it's a tricky one because I, I think he has the potential to, you know, go out there and if, if things go his way and, and he's playing with Kachuk and they click from the get-go, like, you know, we could be talking uh, about him going in the top five next year. Like, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's not that hard to imagine. He's 26, still on the right side of the age curve, whereas a lot of these other guys... Um, I mean, maybe not the ones we talked about yet, but a lot of the other guys going in the first round are kind of on the wrong side of that. Definitely within the first two rounds is probably going to be a lot of turnover within the next few years. So all that being said, to me, more than anything, it's the straight center eligibility. And again, uh, love seeing the uptake in shot volume and the goal scoring the last few years, but I just don't think he offers that same upside or floor in terms of goal scoring uh, as some of the other guys we got ranked above him there. Yeah, I think that he's kind of, I think he kind of maxed out last year. I mean, obviously it's impossible to say exactly how it's going to work if him and Kachuk are magic. Like, obviously the sky's the limit. But um, I, I think that he is still kind of one of those guys that is going to settle in probably between 35 and 40 goals, um, probably between 45 and 50 assists. Like, that's just kind of... Like, his floor is so reliable, but we just don't really know how high that ceiling can go yet. And it's... Um, I, I mean, obviously, if you're a Barkoff believer, I, I think it's it, you know you can you can certainly take that shot because it could be incredible. But 13.8 ADP, like you said, Beebs, I mean that is um, incredibly high. Yeah, like you're you're basically you're basically just saying at that point that he's gonna replicate what he did last season, and it's tough to say that because as you mentioned, I mean there are red flags and there, there there's certainly question marks. I mean, yeah. normally when you add a guy like Mac Chuck, it's gonna work. It should work. Right. Theoretically, but you took out Huberto. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's like it's it's interesting to. It's gonna be and I know, yes, they didn't play together at five v five, but they obviously spent a ton of time together on the power play. Yes. It's one of the best power plays in the league for the last few years. Um, Kuchuk coming from a very successful power play in Calgary as well, but you know, very different role and a very different player than Huberto. So there might be uh, some growing pains there. Yeah, played uh, like twenty percent of his five v five ice time with Huberto last year. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we have Sidney Crosby, the consensus number six overall center. 
ADP, again, slightly above Steven Stamkos at 19 right now. I mean, Sidney Crosby just keeps getting it done. Um, <laughs> this feels blasphemous, yeah, I know. having him this low. Yeah, I mean, he just, he, you know, I think the one thing that obviously is a bit of a concern for Crosby um, was the fact that he was always hurt. Like, that was the one thing that always kind of just held him back, back in the day. Um, then he put together some seasons where... Uh, he was very, very healthy. Put those fears behind him. One specific injury. Too, yes, right? yes. But he's <laughs> kind of gone on. back to his old days of missing hockey games. Again, it's not concussion-related like it used to be. It's just but a Pittsburgh he, thing. He's missed 42 combined games, 20.3% of the games over the last three seasons. However, when in the lineup, Crosby has averaged 35 goals and 61 assists per 82 games. Yeah. His 1.17 points per game is tied for 12th in the NHL over that span. Obviously, an elite center option still. Um, the good news is that he is always playing with Jake Gensel. Yeah. The two are magic together. Not to mention, in a brief 19-game span last year, Ricard Raquel came over from Anaheim and played with Gensel and Crosby, and they were unbelievable. Yeah. And if they want to put Russ with Malkin... Like they usually do, you would imagine that it would be Raquel with Gensel and Crosby. And if they can keep that momentum going that they had towards the end of last season, could be a big year for Sid. Yeah, I mean, you just got to be realistic with Sid. He's going to be 35 years old. He is 35 years old. He will be 35 years old this season. He's got 1,100 career NHL games on his legs uh, and added another you know 100 playoff games or so. And he takes a beating every single night he's out there, right? There's no easy shift for Sidney Crosby. He's got someone shadowing him and driving a cross-check into his back for, you know, uh, (laughs) the majority of his time that he's out there on the ice. So he's going to pick up injuries. They're going to need to manage his workload. They're not going to hesitate to rest him or give him a night off if he's dealing with any nagging injury. He's not going to play through anything in the regular season, Um, you know, because they're most likely... With that division, they're still going to be in a spot where they're going to comfortably make the playoffs, I would think. Yeah, um, they should be. Yeah. And yeah, they're not. They always be, end up in there. Exactly, they're not going to be in a spot where they're they're forcing this guy to play. They're going to hope between you know him or Malkin, they have one of them out there every night, and hopefully that'll be enough, and most likely it will. Um, and then of course on top of that, you know the goal scoring again, just not there. Doesn't have quite the upside anymore that the other guys do. He had thirty one and sixty nine last year, which is a really great return for him. If he can break, you know, 30, if he gets anywhere near 35 goals, I think you're happy you take that and run uh, because you know he's going to get you 50 apples even in limited game time. He should be up around there. Could easily still be around 100 points if he could play 80 games, yeah. but I, I think we can all realistically say it's just not going to happen. Not that I think he's fragile or he's going to pick up injuries. I just think everyone picks up nagging injuries over the full 82 games of an NHL season, uh, and they're just not going to make Sid play through those We've seen it with him, Malkin, and Latang the last yeah. couple of years. Exactly. Um, and and they're smart. They're good for it. Last year, it worked out really well. He came back to the second half of the season and uh, ranked 21st in league scoring. Um, 36 games, he had 46 points. That was off 19 goals. So he kind of he kind of saved his fantasy goal production, at least, because that means yeah. he got 12 goals throughout the rest of the games. Um, but for Sid, if you're getting 46 points in your last 36 games to close out your fantasy year, that's likely playoff time um, as far as fantasy goes. And that's incredibly valuable. But the thing is, did you make the playoffs or did you miss them because you didn't have Sid for a couple weeks to start the year? Um, so there is that fine line there. Uh, like you said, D, it's... Uh, you you're, just you're don't want him to be yeah. a pillar of your team. Oh, right? absolutely. At his, even at his ADP, I'd probably fade him. I would just be really hesitant to have him be like that second piece of my team that I need to rely on for that nightly and weekly production. 
I think if he falls in the third round, I'm really happy to take him because I got two guys that hopefully I know can reliably get me around 90 points over the full 80 games. And then if by chance, you know, Sid plays somewhere like 70, 75 games, you're going to have a really great team and you're going to have a team that when healthy, no one's going to want to play you, right? So yeah, I think, that's, it's a big difference for me. If you can get him as your third player, I think it's, I think it's worth it. Even with yeah. the straight center eligibility, uh, with the other guys you're looking at there, I think it's worth it with his upside. But I think we're still a couple years away from seeing Sidney Crosby drop into the third round. He's probably. 19 yeah. right now, right? Yeah, he's, he's ADP. Yeah, so it's, 24 is the third round. That's yeah, what I mean, it's, it's, it, it'd be it, beginning of the third round, but imagine getting or maybe like, on the swing, like Leon, whoever, and Crosby in the yeah. third. Then yeah, you're laughing, but it's it's still it, it's going to be tough. I, it's certainly going to happen in some leagues, no doubt. Um, I just want to mention that there's only I I think that ADP involves dynasty as well. So Based on my count here. Um, five players in NHL history have achieved 100 points after turning 35 years old. Three of whom were Gordie Howe, Wayne Gretzky, and Joe Sackick. So if anyone is going to join that list, it would probably yeah, make sense if it was Sidney Crosby. But um, it just goes to show just how unlikely it is. And I mean, Sackick was the most recent one to do it in 2007. And uh, I mean, the points... Just not quite as. He would have to get his hands on Michael's secret stuff and just not get injured. The and whole that's all season. it is. Like that's, the pace yeah. is there. Yeah, he can easily do he it. He would have done it last year. Just, if he played yeah, another thirteen. Well, yeah, as as I mentioned, um, and I don't think Crosby cares that much about a hundred point seasons. He cares yeah. more about. You never. I, I was just thinking about that. That like because he hasn't won an Art Ross since twenty fourteen. So maybe if he like goes off to a great start and he's going neck and neck with McDavid, yeah. maybe he's cook. pushing himself, playing through those injuries. Let cook. But again, I don't think that would be the best interest for the Pens, and I can't see that. It's hard to imagine that sort of thing uh, imagine Crosby at this age going hand in hand with McDavid I would love, I would it. love it yeah watching Sid every night that'd be great because you know Sid's like sitting there like man if I played full 82 games and like had his Barn recovery time yeah I'd, I'd be yeah. he's looking at all I'd the... be taking this guy every season if I had playing with Leon Dreisaitl Sid's at the all-star game this year the eight dudes who hit over 100 last year aren't even talking to him he's like fuck if yeah. only I would have put it all together yeah for one exactly year. not in the 100 club um okay here's where the end of our Perfect consensus list ends. Number seven, Sebastian Aho. All seven, or all three of us have him at number seven. He's just fine, isn't he? Yeah, Sebastian Aho is is quite good. Just fine. Well, I mean, if you want a point per game, go ahead and draft Sebastian Aho. Yeah, in his last four seasons, Aho ranks ninth in the NHL with 129 goals. He's 17th with 287 points. Uh, he's been remarkably consistent. Oh, he's in only 285 missed, games. Yeah, he's only missed three games in those four years. He's averaged 37 goals, 46 assists per 82 games, so just Jeez. over a point per game. He'll just keep doing that. He he's um he's I just don't know like if it's gonna ever get any better. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what his ceiling is, but Maybe his floor like, is clearly is clearly a point per game. Um, it, he it, feels like the easiest player to predict because yes. I mean, last four seasons his point total has been within two of his games played total. So. Yes. The only the only question that <laughs> remains <laughs> the only question that remains here is is can he get to that forty goal plateau? Obviously, he's been close. He scored twenty eight. He scored or thirty eight. He scored thirty seven. <laughs> Uh, he does have a 50 assist, 50 plus assist season. So, could he theoretically produce a 40 goal, 50 assist season? I mean, it's only a little bit better than what we have projected for him, anyways. But like, that's kind of like as good as it can get. We, I think. we haven't seen Svechnikov breakout yet. I think they might go hand in hand, but at the same time, maybe they don't. Um, He's gonna be playing with Seth Jarvis all year anyway. Yeah, Brock I just Boy, don't think Jarvis. I, I don't think he quite maybe. shoot enough, and he yeah. definitely that could change, right? We've seen guys make it that adjustment. Yeah. Um, it's usually a change in approach from the team as much as anything, but 
Um, yeah, at, at his in his current form, the current Sebastian Ajo, the one that's a forward that plays for the Carolina Hurricanes. Yes. yes. Um, Not the Islanders. Yeah, it, you can't. I mean, you can't sit here and say, yeah, he's going to get 100 points this year because he there's nothing no, in there that I, says I, I'm, I'm there's just a question if he can even get to 90. Coming. Yeah. He oh, is, yeah. I mean, he's 25, so yes, he could get better, of course, but there's nothing in his you know track record that says, um, you know, a further breakout is coming. I think he's fantastic. He is what he is. Yeah, incredibly um, you gotta cap your excitement I, I don't think you can look at him and be like he's already a point per game player he's 24 yeah. you know sky's the limit it, it's hard to imagine things really changing that much on a year to year basis yeah. here so well, like I, you said, I think he is what he is until he proves it um, why should we think anything other than yeah. exactly what he's showing us these last four years but in, in fairness uh, at the moment his current ADP is the ninth overall center um, 30.4 I mean you don't have to spend crazy capital to get him and you know, a safe bet. in, in the Super middle safe. of the third round, you're literally just plugging in almost 40 goals and, and, and 82 points. Like it's it's a great pick in my opinion, yeah. especially if you start your draft going with the other positions that aren't quite as strong. I mean, you can get a, a Leon Dreisaitl, um and then somebody else that plays wing, like maybe it's a Panarin. Uh, or a Pasternak there in the second round, and then your number one center is, is Sebastian Ajo. That's bad. that's a great yeah. pick, right? It's a good way to start your draft if you kind of avoid those top guys, or you have a little bit of a later pick, or whatever the case may be. It's a it's a good way to start your draft. I agree. I just think that if there's guys, and obviously this comes down to different things, but but if there's guys in in that spot, and I I just think there still will be in the third round guys with a hundred point upside that you can more realistically say have a real chance of taking that step forward this year, or, you know, if they can just stay healthy, then then they'll do it. Um, whereas Aho, like we said, is just kind of rooted into that point per game. And I agree, that's a great step, but, I mean, consider you could... Wait. Would you rather have Sebastian Aho or Jake Gensel? Probably Gensel, but, again, just yeah. to kind of, and only because of the... Positional. Positional. And, again, and then would you rather take Aho at 30 or wait 100 picks and take Mike, Mark Shifley at 130? You know what I mean? Cool. Like, his production is going to be pretty similar. So, yes, I think it's good value for Aho, and that's probably right around the point of the draft that... I'm okay taking a guy who's ceiling, I think, is about 85 points. And, yeah, strict center. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of right on the edge for me. I, I got to think that in most leagues, there's probably a couple guys that have fallen that I feel better about it. But, yeah, certainly, like, I, I'm being picky. You're towards the end of the third round. Yeah. Beginning of the fourth round, you feel good about it. Because, um, yeah, I, I threw a name like Scheifele out here. But Aho is just a slam dunk in terms of what you can expect. And, of course, with his age... There's always the potential, but it's not the kind of upside that we're talking about with some of these other guys. Still playing on a great team. Unsure how good the Jets are going to be. Again, sure. we're still talking a 100, 100 spot difference. Yeah. So I'd be fine taking that Shifley Gamble every day of the week regardless. But yeah. I'm just saying um, that's yeah. probably another guy that can give you a point per game. You know, eight rounds later. If you Google Sebastian Aho and, and, and see that Sebastian Aho could face legal trouble, that is the Islanders. Sebastian Aho, nice, got a Dewey in yeah. Sweden. So, uh, not worried about the Finnish Sebastian no. Aho. I am worried about the Swedish one. He's clearly making some poor decisions, and <laughs> hope he's getting the help he needs. Yeah. No, one thing he did mention though is that he plays for the Carolina Hurricanes, and we do know that they like to roll a heavy three line, sometimes four. Yeah. Um, Looking at last year's production, Aho is one of the only players around this area who's under 19 minutes per night. That's something, I mean, we're probably not going to see that change. So just keep that in mind. Um, more ice time comes more points. So there are guys out there who are going to likely eat ice. With that said, one or two more minutes if, a night could be what we need to see. If you do what, if there's ever going to be a year where he does play more, yeah. it's this year. 
Vincent Trocek is gone. Their number two center is either going to be Paul Stastny or yes, Barry Cockneyemi. Is that going to work? Remains to be seen. I still think Paul Stastny's fine. Cockneyemi, a lot to prove still. Yeah. They still give a ton of minutes to Jordan Stahl. But if he were ever going to take an extra minute or two away from that second line, this, this is, is going to be the yeah. season that it's going to happen. So I think that there is a little bit of room for growth in that time on ice. Is it going to lead to like, you know, 20 more points? Probably not. So but it even if really it leads matter. to 20 shots, he's now in the you know top 25 in league shooting. He's now in which, which like you, you can reasonably expect him to get to 40 points. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number 8 on our list. He's 8 for me. He's 8 for D. He's 9 for Biebs. It's Mika Zibanejad. And I think that Zibanejad is one of the most interesting players in fantasy hockey this season. I absolutely love Zibanejad. His ADP of 29.3 is one spot ahead of Aho, so we're a little bit different there. Um, but I think the difference between these two is, is, is significant, right? I think that you've got the real safe pick with Aho and Zibanejad, who could have an outrageously high ceiling, um, but also might not you know, produce the exact same way um, the Aho is. There's a, there's a bit of a wider range. He's much more of a, a streaky producer, right? We saw that last year. He had an incredibly slow start, yep. and then he was one of the best players in fantasy so for the last couple months of the season. Uh, and that's just kind of what you get with Zibanejad. advantage He also probably has a little bit more goal-scoring upside than what we've seen with Aho. I mean, his the COVID shortened season in 2019-20 was just absurd for him. He had 41 goals in 57 games, yeah. 75 points. So that's the kind of upside that we've never seen from Aho, right? So... If you want to be bold and take advantage out above Aho, I, I can certainly understand it. And maybe if I have a couple of safer picks in there and don't have um, some of those, you know, 110 point upside guys that we've already talked about, or some of those left wing or right wings that offer that same sort of upside, then maybe you want to take on a swing on a guy like Zibanejad. Uh because yeah, he's not. Yes, he is streaky, but he's shown the ability to keep up an insane level of production over very long periods of time. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's, you know, real obvious potential for him to kind of top 90 points, threaten with a hundred, um, if everything goes right for him. And it's hard to say the same about Aho, but at the same time, like you said, it's, it's easy to imagine him struggling, the puck not going in for him and maybe him finishing the year with 65, 70 points. Yeah. Right, we so. saw it for a, for a pretty lengthy period of time last year and, and his owners were extremely frustrated. Not oh, only yeah. are they separated by yeah. one spot on my center rankings, they're literally se- separated by one spot yeah. in my overall and, rankings. I mean, they are six, a six B. Yeah. And to be fair, like he probably doesn't get to 81 points. If Chris Carter doesn't shoot 30%. Last yes. Year, right? so. the, the one thing that's really interesting to me yeah, though, that too, is, is that he was, outstanding in the playoffs right 10 goals 14 assists 24 points in 20 playoff games he looked great on the on a nightly basis um he he kind of just seems like that player that is almost just getting better every season and i'm still not certain that we've seen the best uh form of mika's advantage ad and i think we did we just didn't get to yeah we didn't get a full year yeah yeah. potentially but this is five goals that one game right yeah Yeah. the ot winner yeah Yeah. this is um super fun to play against this is this is probably the best team that the rangers have had too right i mean they added trocheck they got got panner and still obviously the friday hopefully taking a step forward yep um you've got adam fox one of the best defensemen i mean this is a really good team i mean i think personally that obviously we just talked about you know aho might have that 40 50 upside i think it's a little bit more reasonable to expect zibanejad to get to 40 50 yeah. but all it's the gonna floor take is, a little is lower. you know extend that hot streak that he had like he did a couple years ago a few more games and, and he could be right there um 
it's kind of like you see it a lot in fantasy baseball. Guys' stats always end up coming around to the same place where they always end up. That's what I see with, with Zibinijad. He's going to go through those hot, he's going to go through those cold, but at the end of the day, you're going to get 80 points at least. Um, I like it. Like you said, there's a lot of exciting things happening in New York. I think they could be a top three team this year, and uh, this guy's going to be in the middle in the middle of it. Still, I had him ninth. Just for the record, too, like this cold streak that we're referencing was 21 yeah, like points in cold. 28 games. The real issue was that he only shot 6.8%. He only had five goals over that span. So, I mean, we're, it, he didn't go ice cold. He just had five goals in 20 games. Like, obviously, that's not good for me because of Banjo, but he shot 6.8%. From that point forward, he, you know, was just insane. He had 24 goals in 53 games. He shot 16.4%, a little bit more. He finished with 60 points in his final 53 games. So, Clearly a guy that could get to 90 if you just, but, you know, he's got to do it for <laughs> a full season. Number nine, we have Elias Lindholm. Beebs, you have him at eight ahead of me because of yeah, Banajad. Easy. Me and D actually <laughs> had him both outside of our top 10. So, uh, Beebs, I mean, we're going to start with you here. Uh, you're the only one with him inside your top 10. Yeah. Why? Uh, I, I, make your case for I, Elias Lindholm. I'm going to make a beautiful case here. Um, he, he did actually get 40 and 40 last year, which many of these names around here cannot say themselves. Um, who was he playing with, though? Uh, he's playing with Johnny Goudreau, but that's okay. And who else? Fuck, who was it? Makachuk? Yeah, that was there, but that's all right. Are they there anymore? Have you have you, have you heard of Jonathan Huberto? Yeah, Do you know up. what he did last year? He's going to say, they've adequately replaced yeah, him. I was say, I think yes. he's okay. And Nazem Kadri's now there for the power play production. That's one part where, realistically, Lindholm has kind of struggled. Only 19 power play points last year. When we're looking at guys around here, usually they're the high 20s, low 30s. Yep. So if he can improve on that, something that we did mention when we were talking about Barkov, that might all, all of a sudden he's legitimately the best shooting option. Absolutely. Player, right? yeah. yeah. And after going 40 and 40, um, he's kind of a lot like Sabinajad, or sorry, Aho, where you, you know you're going to get those 80 points, and we're kind of just waiting to see that next step. Um I, I, I just really think with the goal production, um, I trust it a bit more than I trust Sabinajad. And at that point, if we're talking a difference of five, maybe seven points between the two, I'm going to go with Lindholm, not to mention 26 more shots last year. Um, those are just little things where, more than Sabinajad, sorry. Those are just little things where, you know, they, they have higher chances to translate to success. Um, the plus 61 wasn't too bad for a lot of Yeah, that's the, the uh, plus, num- plus minus numbers bonkers. were bonkers. Yeah. So, you know, uh, across the board, this is uh, we're at the point where we're kind of choosing, <laughs> nitpicking little things to yeah. bring a guy higher than the next. But Lindholm's a guy every year that you see kind of drop down drafts further than he should, and he puts up the 40-40, and I'm always trying to make trades for him by deadline time. So this year, I'm going to show him the respect he deserves. Um, just sucks that he's lost that winger eligibility he used to have uh, in seasons past. That's because he literally did not leave center and did not have anybody other than Gajor or Kachuk by him last year. Like, that line played... My dude's plus dude. 61. Wow, did you change it? Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. They. I think they scored... Oh, let me just look it up. I think they scored, like, 87 goals and only gave up, like, 30 all season. Like, their numbers were just outrageous. Yeah. yeah. I, I I like Lindholm a lot this year, and, you know, the Huberto thing is going to be really interesting. Yeah. Nice. You're losing Goudreau and, uh, and, obviously, Kachuk, two of the best wingers in the league but you're picking up one of the best playmakers in the, in the league. league and you just took a major step forward last year in terms of your shot volume and uh your goal production so i think that there is potential for huberto to help mitigate some of the aggression that's coming Minholm's way but for me like adding the fact that he's not it's not like they're just replacing gujo with huberto right like as you said they lost kachuk too 
Kadri's great, but I do think that, you know, who knows how yeah, it all plays out, but it's hard line. to imagine that line is quite as effective this year. I just don't think, like, any line's, like, ever been yeah. that effective. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just going to be so hard. Eight or 17.9 personal shooting percentage last year, 14 uh Point four on both shoot, the highest percentage. rates of his career. So yeah, both probably going to come down by a few points. So, like I said, I, I I just think he might have a tough time getting back to the forty forty. But I do think there's going to be uh, if you're looking for a goal scorer at the center position, this is probably the most reliable one you're going to find outside of those top seven guys that we talked about. Yeah, and I think that's really and I think probably a little bit more than Mika this year because we've seen Mika as we saw we've seen his stick go cold before over long stretches and we've seen Mika finish the seasons under you know 25 goals Lindholm's you know is his first year over 30 goals last year but again there's a lot of a lot of things in his underlying numbers to like in terms of his ability uh to maintain and you know continue um that step he took as a goal scorer so I I think there's a lot of goal scoring reliability here that you're not going to find anywhere below him at the center position uh, maybe safer Tavares, but otherwise, yeah. I, so there is a lot to like, but like I said, I think there's some aggression coming, and I'm not sure Huberto is enough to offset quite all of that. Yeah, um, d- you know, don't get my my snarkiness. Uh, don't fool it with like uh, the fact that I don't like Elias Lindholm. I love Elias Lindholm. I've always I, I've owned Elias Lindholm a lot in fantasy, and um, just because he's outside of my top ten certainly doesn't mean I dislike him. Uh, I actually really like the 47.8 ADP. Um, you know, going 17, 18 picks after Zibanejad and Ajo. So there's tremendous value here with Lindholm. He's going just behind Jack Eichel, who I actually prefer Lindholm to Jack Eichel um, this season. So I, 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 there is regression coming. I don't think he's going to score 42 goals again. Um, but I mean, Jonathan Huberto literally made Sam Bennett go from like, yeah. Just dumpster fire, bottom Turned six. Sam Bonet. Yeah, like absolutely. He was <laughs> stud. French flame. Yeah, <laughs> Sam Bonet. He he like he turns Sam Bennett into something incredible. Um, so who's to say that he can't make Elias Lindholm a fifty goal scorer? It's it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility. Huberto is ridiculous. So, uh, I think it's a little different. Like you know, Gaudreau is obviously ridiculous too. So it's not like he's. Yeah, didn't already have a superstar to play with. I just don't know if there's that much more, but uh, it's gonna be fun to see. Yeah, um, no, I, it's exciting. Could I mean, work, th- might not. There's not, yeah. there's not been this much like this many big moves in an NHL offseason in quite some time. Like there's yeah. it's some so- big names in different places, and it's gonna be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Like I was so excited. I didn't think that there was like a better, more oh, prototypical. Carolina Hurricane than Max Pacioretty just with his shot volume and I'm like oh my god this is gonna be wild and then him and Ajo this is gonna be so fun and then obviously he's out until like February which is unfortunate but uh, again we'll get to him on the left wing show no with other sports it's like NBA offseason crazy oh, just... MLB offseason awesome football stuff's happening and then we're sitting there with hockey the last couple of years like what the hell now we finally got some of that action um, I don't know yeah it's it's cool when trades happen, but I all, like the way the NHL runs and like with the cap, with the salary cap and stuff. It's it's brilliant. I really do think it's great. But yeah, just mentioned Jack Eichel. He's our consensus number ten. Beebs has him at ten. Dylan has him at ten. I have him at number twelve. But he comes in as our consensus number ten overall. Um, Jack Eichel, obviously, you know, speaking of big trades, he, there was none bigger last season than Vegas going out and acquiring Jack Eichel. Speaking of Max Pacioretty, acquiring Jack Eichel just meant that they had to 
literally give Max Pacioretty away for free. Um, Price Carolina back. got him for free. Like, I just can't imagine, like, what the reasoning was in between, like, who they give him to. Like, does, does like, Carolina's, like, owner buy Vegas' owner, like, a boat or something? Like, take some, you know what I mean? Like, there's got to be, there's got to be something going on there. Like, how do you, you give away for free. Every team in the league would take Max Pacioretty for free, I would assume. Yes. Uh, given you could fit him in your cap. Well, that's a big if. But yeah, but, I mean, there's still, there's a shitload of teams that would have been very, could have very Figured easily gone Arizona. So. Yeah, like, well, that would have. Well, been how so. many years does Pat Patches have left? I think two, because that's the big part of it, right? You're not just fitting him in for one season, but you're committing to that over the length. No, I understand that, but you still would think that you might have to give up. Something. I, I think he's great. And I think his he's final, worth that money. Final year of a seven million dollar deal. Oh, well, oh yeah. okay, that's one year. And then as long as you can make it work this year, who gives a shit? Right? Easy, which money. is crazy that Carolina can. But, yeah. yeah. I, he's Jack Eichel, right? Yeah. So there's not a whole lot to talk oh, about. Oh, yeah, we're talking here. about Jack Eichel. I, I, 14 goals, 11 assists, 25 points in 35 games. Wasn't great games. last year. He was coming off major back surgery, coming into Next. a new situation. Next. I think we all feel really good about themselves, about him having a full offseason to just kind of rest, come into it, get a full training camp under his belt, uh, skate with the whole team. That top six isn't quite as good, but there's still some really nice pieces for him to play with. I think him and Mark Stone on a line together. Will be fantastic. He's still shooting the puck an insane amount over four times a game. Unfortunately, uh, still can't score on a whole lot of those chances. Just 10.5% last year, right in line with his career average. So that's the real concern. But honestly, he could shoot the puck 400 times Mm -hmm. if he plays the full season. So he could get to 40 goals uh, in a very inefficient way. But we still love to see that shot volume. Very reliable. And obviously, you know, the assist upside is very hard to say. But, I mean, he topped 54 assists in Buffalo as a 22-year-old. Yeah, with nothing Exactly. So playing with Mark Stone and what they'll have to offer him on the power play. If he can stay healthy, which with all this time, you know, away with them not having to play in the playoffs last year and him being able to kind of um, reset and being able to at least finish the season and take on major minutes and, you know, still for the most part look like him old self with all the turmoil that team was going through last year. It's enough for me to take him at this point. Uh, Again, obviously does not have anywhere near the floor of anyone else that we talked about, but I don't think, you know, in general and, and, it's very hard at this point in the draft to look at a guy and say, you could potentially get my team 100 points. Jack Eichel is that guy. So that's why I have him inside my top 10. I think he still needs to be on people's radar. Well, even if you extrapolate his quote-unquote bad season, which it was, it was his worst point per game. Extrapolation game. Yeah. First time all season. Got a lot my here favorite it. game. Yeah. yeah, Last year was actually his worst point per game production since his rookie season, which is uh, kind of expected, as you mentioned, coming off next surgery. If you extrapolate that, he still scores 34 goals, 27 assists, and ends up fourth in the league in shots of 320 shots over 82 games. Um, that in itself is, is a category stealer in a lot of banger leagues. Um, like D said, he's still only 25 years old. There's a lot in the tank for this guy. Um, you love an offseason. And uh, I don't think there's one player in the league who needed an offseason more than maybe Jack Eichel. Let's just hope he did all the right things and um, kind of you know get, gets himself back to 100% because he really is an awesome player when that happens. Um, still has 380 points in 409 career games played. So he is just just about there with a point per game across his career. Well, even um, if you take out his great if you take out his rookie season, he's 324 points in 328 games. Yeah. Um, the thing that's crazy is like like I remember going into that 2021 season, like we 
loved Jack Eichel. We oh, were yeah. like, oh my god, like we wanted all the Jack Eichel yeah. shares. He's gonna be stop. on Vegas. We couldn't stop. No, no. Before twenty twenty one though, oh. like we we couldn't get enough of him. And then he goes out and he scores twenty or two goals in twenty one games, and we were like, shit. Yeah. He did have sixty points and eighty points. He still has forty three points in his last fifty five games, and those are probably the worst fifty five games of his career. Yeah. So, um, I mean, he's still. Not that far off a point per game, probably playing the most injured hockey that he's ever played in his life, and he's only going to be healthier. Uh, I have a little bit of fear, obviously, just with the fact that like he he really hasn't, you know, outside of twenty nineteen, put it together for or, or 2019, 2020, put it together for uh, you know an extended period of time. So yeah, I just I worry a little bit about Vegas's team, uh, which seems crazy to say because we haven't talked about that in a long, like ever. They're actually. not great. Um, I'd be more worried if we haven't seen him be very productive. On a bad, on a bad I know, team. and I get where you're coming from though, because the hope was he can take a step forward in his production now that he's going to Vegas, right? And things have obviously changed yeah. from when they made the trade to, to now in terms yeah. of their outlook. Still so. good defenseman on the team. Like, they could still be just fine. Um, and, the top, and, if it's Honestly, we talk about them, but a lot of it depends on how Jack looks and how he's playing. If 100%. He, if he looks like his old Big self, time. playing with a healthy Mark Stone, obviously big if there. That We've got the March Soul line cooking as a decent second line. I, I think that's a very good hockey team. The problem is it's a very tough division. Uh, and you got a couple big ifs there at the top. Of and the their goaltending. So, yeah, the, the upside is great, and that's what you want to shoot for on draft day, right? Yeah. You want to you want to leave draft day thinking you got a chance to end up with five or six guys that you know are going to absolutely crush it this year and be able to threaten that one hundred point plateau because you know only ten or fifteen guys are going to get there. Um, if that, yeah. I, I think there was probably about seven or eight last year. Um, so. Yeah, if, if you want to look at those guys with those upside because you're going to be able to plug guys in off the waiver wire by other means that are going to kind of fall into better opportunities that we can't possibly predict right now uh, and be able to give you, you know, uh, re- replacement level production. So feel free to take the swings on guys like Eichel, especially if you have some of these guys that we've talked about with a much more sturdier four earlier in the draft. Because obviously if he comes good, it, you're going to win your league or have a really good chance. Yeah, volatility wins fantasy championships yeah. oh, for yeah. sure. Not picking... picking- 10 guys that are all just going to get 80 right. points. And that, that's my problem with Sebastian Aho. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, just hold on here for a second. There is going to be the most interesting decision that's going to have to be made in every single draft this year. And it's going to come right around pick number 40. And you're going to be sitting there. And there's going to be Alex DeBrincat, who's now in Ottawa. Patrick Kane, who has literally nobody to play with, but is like a 100-point player. And Jack Eichel sitting there. And you're going to have to pick one of the three. Patrick Kane. D? I'm taking Patrick Kane on the sole premise that I hope he gets traded at some point this year and ends up with better production. Either way, Patrick Kane. I have Patrick Patrick (laughs) Kane ranked. I have Patrick Kane ranked the highest of the three. Um, So I would agree with Patrick Kane. I have Alex DeBrincat ranked next and Jack Eichel third. It's just the positional thing, as we talked about. But I have my I have my Vegas preview coming out in the next couple of days, and on there I mentioned Jack Eichel is one of the yeah. my top sleepers across. Yeah, the board. it just depends. I think I'd take both wingers over Eichel, but again, it depends. Maybe you were able to grab a couple of uh, really yeah. good wingers in the first couple of rounds, um, and then as far as Kane to Brinkat goes, most leagues I would probably lean Kane. But again, in formats that reward goal scoring. I don't know how much you can rely on Kane for that these days. So. Yeah, I've, I've fielded a lot of questions already this year Tough. about Kane. Like, what do you do? And I'm like, it's hard to like just look at his name in the fourth round and, and be like, yeah. nah. Like, think, there's nothing. Honestly, my big, like you know he's going to get his 
points. Like, the assists are going to be there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, my fear is with no one else creating open ice for him is maybe his goal totals continue to diminish further. And, yeah. obviously, the assists continue to – not continue to slide, but probably fall off a little bit, right? So Also, I don't know if anyone's going like, face off for that. Too. Like, he could finish with 15 goals and 60 assists, and I wouldn't be – yeah, well, hugely surprised. It, it, yeah, it would be, it would be, it would suck. Yeah, yeah, it would suck. Like, it, I think he, there's potential for him to look like, like, return a Hank Sedin stat line yeah. this year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So that yeah. that's me. Yeah. It's just and if he gets traded, it's such a. It, the, he, his yeah. range of outcomes is massive. Yeah. Again, it's a really hard in season trade to make happen because yeah. oh, he's what a ten nine million dollar cap hit. They can eat ten eleven something like yeah. that. Yeah. He was. They can he, eat he was one. Of, he signed one of the first big big ones. Um Back in the day. But yeah, that's a really tough move just yeah. to be able to make happen under the cap for most contending 10. teams. 10.5. Like, you're going to need some LTIR to come in the mix. Somebody to, will make it For happen. a contending yeah. team we to be able to come. There's no, there's no team that's going to be threatening for the cup right now that has 10 million room on the cap to spare. Right? All it takes but, one injury. Exactly. One LTIR, and maybe it opens it up. But otherwise, I think it's going to be pretty tough. How many years? Just the just one? Just last year. Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. Just gotta, so, yeah. Detroit's just got to get the mix. Yeah, you get them to retain half of it. You only yeah, need Colorado to find five mil worth of room. So it's, we, we strayed really one, far yeah. away from the centers. But uh, yeah. no, no, it's oh, going to yeah. be an interesting debate that's that everybody's going to have in their head in the fourth round this offseason. Uh, just quickly before we head to break here and then get to our sleepers breakouts and bust in the second half. Uh, number 11 was JT Miller. I had him at 10. Biebs had him at 12. Dylan had him at 12. Uh, John Tavares was 12. Braden Point was 13. Jack Hughes, 14. Rupe Hintz, 15. Evgeny Malkin, 16. And Patrice Bergeron, 17. Those were all the players that were ranked somewhere in our top, near our top 10 uh, by at least somebody. I was the only one with Patrice Bergeron inside my top 10. Body uh, which I, I like, yeah, you guys, you guys just threw an anchor, just cement blocks around his ankles and plummeted him down his charts. Um, obviously not having <laughs> my bad. Brad Marchand for the start of the season is going to hurt. Uh, but I was just stunned to see that Patrice Bergeron had 293 shots in 73 games last year. And maybe if Marchand misses some time, he'll shoot even more. Um, 25 goals, 40 yeah, maybe misses. he'll score 30 goals. Yeah, maybe. I'm just, I, I think he's like, he's so reliable. I think he'll be I, good. I, 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 just, I, think... I understand that you're, we're yeah. looking for upside here exactly. as well. But in terms of projections, he, he, he projects out extremely well. Um, you know, is he is he gonna have the same ceiling as some of these other guys around him? Probably not. But uh, how many times in the last twelve years do you think he's top seventy points? Four. One. <laughs> yeah, but how many times has he played sixty games? That's not a fair. He estimate. always plays sixty. Yeah. He just yeah. doesn't play eight. <laughs> Which is just probably further destroying. Yeah, don't, don't you don't want to. Uh, Patrice, Patrice Bergeron though is eighty. That's too high. Nine is too high. But I think he's he's certainly usable, and I think he, he's I think yeah, he's a sleeper. He's good value for His it, ADP so. is currently eighty three point four, yeah. so I have no problem grabbing him at any point in the draft. Uh, he's going currently behind Evgeny Kuznetsov and Nazem Kadri. I would much prefer him over both of those players. But anyways, even over the Coos, man, let's set it over to the Blue Stones. Yeah. And we'll be back with breakups, sleepers, busts. You got it. Hughes is robbed. Broken down, so I walked the line. I dropped my wounds and I died. I'm out of money. I'm out of time. I fly low like a broken arrow. The time slows and my vision narrows. I'm out of money, I'm out of time Sing your hearts out, sing it loud Make me happy, make me proud Black hole, solid ground Black hole, solid ground A thousand voices 
welcome back to season eight, episode one of the Daily Faceoff Fantasy Podcast. Uh, we're going to get back into it here, talking about some centers, uh, players that we deem to be uh, centers because uh, that's what we decided. Uh, and that's what matters. Yeah, that is what matters, Beavs. I agree. But uh, <laughs> like Brock talks about, most of these guys are going to be straight center because if we figured if they have the wing eligibility, uh, you're more likely going to use them there. So we're going to look at uh, three guys each. We're going to talk about a sleeper, bust, and breakout, the classic. I don't know where do we want to start here. Do we want to start on a good note? Do we want to go with the classic, like, I think it's a fir- sandwich, put the bust in the middle there? Yeah, I yeah. think it's I the think it's the first episode yeah. of the season. we got to start off happy here. Okay. I think we should start off with All right, sleepers. then I want to hear from Beebs on his sleeper. sleeper. Nice. Um Thank you for pointing that out, D. Um, my sleeper is Braden Point. Nice. In Tampa, currently going off the board at 117 in all Yahoo drafts. Um, this is a player who, uh, realistically, if he can find health for a full season, he can really just have a huge year. Also, players around him. We've already talked about Kucherov only getting 47 games last year. Um, and then also Stamkos as well, um, injury prone. But the guy who goes right down the middle with them is Braden Point. Um, he scored his highest goal total in the last three years, last season, um, which was 28. But he has failed, as mentioned, to reach 66 games in each of those seasons. His point eight points. You say per- he got his highest goal total uh, in the last three seasons. Okay, sorry. In the last, okay, sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, in his career, it's kind of crazy because he had such a huge, yeah, 41 goals. Yeah, yeah, and which is something that we're always going to look back on and it's shows realistically what he is capable of yeah that's on me um, for not using my ears no no worries at all um his uh, 0.88 points per game played has him 73rd amongst all nhl goal scorers um in the last four years um so that's realistically not that bad if you're getting this guy at 117th and he's giving you 73rd goal production actually i apologize that's actually just last year that he ranked that and that's on an off year um in the last five years he's actually 25th in points in the league with 262, 18th in goals, and 5th in shooting percentage as he has an abnormally high 18.3 shooting percentage over those years. Um, and that's five maintained. That's five year, steady though. years. That just shows how strong and steady point has really been even while missing quite a big chunk of games. Um, I think that this year, you know, you can take him. If you can get him at 117, it's an incredibly safe pick just with who he has around him. He's locked in on that first power play. Um and for someone who, you know, all we need is more than 200 shots. He's never done it. Um, he, or he's only done it once. He did it in that crazy year where he scored 41. So it shows what 200-plus can actually do for him. But he's really just shut it down the last couple of years um, as far as the shooting goes. So all we need is a little bit of health, a little bit of shots. And you can have an absolutely massive year. There's not often that you can find a guy who could pretty easily produce over a point per game at the 117th spot no. in your draft. So. You could take this guy. Um, he's not going to hurt you in plus minus. Tampa players rarely do. Uh, he's going to help you in power play points. He's going to do it all. I love point for where he's falling. It's um, outrageously low ADP. Yeah. Again, uh, I think that one thing we should mention while we're talking about these ADPs is it's early. It, it's September 13th as we record this. It's super early. We're going to see some movement. I think there's going to be um, you know, some big changes, but... We, we'd say this every year, and they usually don't change because they usually fall fairly true with the Yahoo rankings. Um, and and I, I've talked to a couple people who have already done their drafts, which, I mean, is, is insane. Crazy, but yeah. uh, I, I'm happy for those people because <laughs> they, they they give us ADPs to look at, and it's good. Um, 
the thing with with Poi is is that we know he's going to be playing with Kucherov, yeah. right? Last year Kucherov spent 507 minutes with Point um, and only 200 minutes without him. So uh, he's he's playing you know three We're quarters of his ice time together with you know the only concern would be if Stamkos plays down the middle and, and with Kucherov they bump Point to the second line, but that's just realistically not going to happen. Yeah. Um, it's going to be Point and Kucherov and. Even still, he's coming out on that top power play. Uh, yeah, like, we talk about it often. Like realistically, where majority of your fantasy production comes from is if you are touching that top power play. But like um, we're talking so about, like quite. I just don't like. It, it's hard to really understand like where people are coming from in terms of like you've got Nazem Kadri at sixty eight, probably playing with like Blake Coleman and, and Andrew Mangiapane, which you know to their credit are good NHL players. Yeah. But they're they're not Nikita Kucherov, and then you've got I think Point Nikita going, Kucherov has more than more points than both of those players. Yeah, combined, well, so. yeah, it, and then you got Point going fifty spots later. It just doesn't really make a ton of sense. Um, so I, you know, there's some of these players on this list where you you look at them and you're like, yeah, they're sleepers right now. I wouldn't be surprised if Point's ADP is higher come the end of September. But if he sticks around, even just the hundred. Yeah. ADP, he's an absolute steal. Yeah, I mean, I mean you're you're looking at re, like you're looking at thirty goal, forty assist upside if he's healthy. And you know we talked about we like talked about like Jack Eichel, Elias Lindholm in our top tens, and it's like that could realistically be their season two, and they're going 60, 80 spots ahead of them. Yeah, I, I think the big thing it'll be really interesting camp to see what they're rolling with because for me the big difference is actually, and it sounds greedy, but if he plays with both of them because. Yeah. If you look at the the numbers for the three of them last year, and that is how they finished last season, was playing the three of them together, and maybe that's just something that they're you know that they'll opt for when push comes to to shove, and you know late in games or you know when it gets to the postseason. But they were dominant. Uh, they averaged almost four expected goals per sixty, which is insane. That's essentially a goal uh, every game, right? When you consider that they're going to be playing at least fifteen minutes of on ice or a five v five time a game, so. Essentially, you can bank on that line to score you a goal and most likely a point at five v five every game. Let alone what they're going to do um, on the power play. But when you, even when you just take Stamkos out of that and you look at Kucherov and points numbers without Stamkos, that number falls. I mean, I say fall because it's still pretty respectable at two point seven five, uh, but much more closer to kind of uh, a mediocre level as opposed to just that obscene. You know what I think would lead to that ninety point season for points. So yeah, it just to me it depends how much they roll with those three dogs on the on the top line. Uh, if that ends up being, you know, the look they go to more often than not, then I think he easily clips a point per game, and that's how he flirts with 90 points. Because yeah. the other thing with point is that you know he's going to take advantage of his opportunities. Like you said, 17% career shooter. Um, so if we can get that volume up, keep him healthy, and keep him playing with the big boys, the upside is huge. And then, you know, the floor, what's the floor? It's what he's done the last couple of years. So it's certainly still, to me, like, you know, 58 points in 66 games, you can't be too disappointed with that at the 115th overall, right? Yeah. So personally, I'm not going to wait to take point anywhere. You know, I'm, I'm taking him 80th overall, oh, yeah. 70th. Like, like I said, 25th rounds. in points the last five years. Yeah. That's like crazy. I'm production. taking him round yeah. six, seven. I'm not waiting anywhere near that long no, to take No, I him. agree. Don't even let him If, if you want to I have him ranked at 57. Yeah, because yeah, with the floor, like, you know, that's a return. Like his floor is more than a safe return yeah. on investment for that career. Yeah, even if he has a bad year, yeah, you got him 
Yeah. 100. And I get it because it's still been back to back disappointing years. Even the, the year before that was a little yeah. bit of a let off. But I do think that there is, uh, you know, it, it's a very easy path for him to get 90 points this year. And you're just not going to say that about anyone else in that, yeah. in that ADP range. And like yeah. you said, been there, done that. A lot of guys, you hope for it. But this guy's yeah. actually done it. And he's um, still only 26. Yeah. So. Yeah. 60, I have 60 spots ahead of his current ADP. Um, just quickly to go back to your point, I don't think it's that far fetched that those three could play massive minutes together, and maybe this is where it's Yahoo, a different team this Yahoo year. got their left wing eligible Steven Samkos. They went to dailyfaceoff.com, like, yeah, it makes sense, left wing eligibility for Steven Samkos. Boom, because um, that's how I have it projected right now. And when you really look up the makeup at the uh, makeup of this team, it's like Anthony Sorelli with Kalorn Hagel, Paul with Mesikov, Colton, Belmar, Perry, Maroon. That looks like three lines where it's like, go ahead. Try to even score against us. We have Andre Vasilevsky in net. And then when you can't score against us, because we're all good defensively, Stamkos, Point, Kucherov are going to murder you. And if they don't on 5v5, they're going to on the power play and they're going to just continue to win hockey games. Like, yeah. they are going to be a very difficult team. I, I would love to see it. It's just a little bit more top-heavy than I think they've gone in recent years, right? Because it would just be like if this line, for whatever reason, has an off night, yeah. if that ever happens. Um, Stamkos plays not, with Sorelli quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it could be point stamp, uh, point Kalorn, Kucherov. Um, you know, you could see Hagel up there. But, I mean, I don't think they have as – they don't have as many options as they used no, to. No, so not at all. They're kind of pushed into a corner where it's like, just screw it. Let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at look what happened in, in Calgary last year. That was very a very similar uh, way that they structured their lineup. That top line could not be stopped. And then their other three lines were just very difficult to score against. And they won a lot of hockey games as a result. Yeah. Um, do you want to go with your sleeper next? Uh, yeah, I can do that. I'll talk about Mark Shifley. We've already talked about um, him a little bit this episode and, and talked about uh, just how outrageous of a value he is. But he's currently going ADP of 132 on Yahoo Leagues. Um, over the last three seasons, he's tallied 206 points in 194 games. He's registered a point per game or better in each of the last six seasons. Uh, he's quite simply just a point per game machine. And he's being drafted around players that will honestly be lucky to top 60 points this season. Um, he's not the most prolific goal scorer, but he's still more than reliable in his own right. He doesn't shoot the puck a ton, uh, but he does have a career 16.3% shooting percentage, uh, which means you can put him down for a 30-goal pace regardless this season. Uh, that team definitely still has some issues at 5v5, but plenty of high-caliber weapons for him to play with on the power play uh, and at even strength. I think he's going to continue to get major minutes, uh, and, you know, those slight concerns I did mention with, you know, maybe the shot volume isn't quite as high as some of the other guys we talked about tonight. Um, or, you know, the team is on a bit of a downturn in terms of where they've been in recent years. That's all well baked into his ADP at 132. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, this is another guy that I'm not waiting to get anywhere close to the ADP to take. Um, the point per game guys that you know you can rely on to go out there and get you a point per game, they're going to be long gone um, by this point in the draft save for Shifley, apparently. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a, this is a guy that I'm taking around the century mark easy, if not before that. Straight center eligibility, really the only knockback. But, again, like at this point in the draft, you cannot complain. Um, yeah, he should just be going a lot higher than this. So, had to had to add him in here. Yep. Yeah, he the difference between uh, my rankings and ADP uh, for these centers, Shifley was number two, a couple spots behind my sleeper. Um, but, yeah, Shifley, 80.6. 
difference between my rankings and his ADP. 52 is where yeah, I've got him ridiculous. ranked. Honestly, um, Yahoo, overall this year, I, I think they've done a better job in years past, but they're still... There's some centers in this list. We can still, still count on them for one or two of these every year. We still haven't seen a random name that we laugh at like crazy at, like we did in previous years. Uh, Mark yeah. Marinson. That There's was still the some unexplained love the- for Tribo Teravainen, too. Like, he's... It's not as bad as it's been in recent years, but it's, it's still um, pretty bad. Just, just a, to further, yeah. just to further hear what's going on with uh, Mark Scheifele, don't forget, he only had eight points in his first 16 games last year. In his next 51 games, he had 62 points. He was on pace over that 15, uh, 51 games, if you extrapolate, play the extrapolation, you extrapolate that over 82 games, 43 goals. 56 assists, 99 points. And it's not like a small sample size. I mean, that's 51 games. It's over half the season. He was just absolutely dynamite. A bit of a slow start. Uh, you love, you know, like I said, I, I don't know how good this team is going to be, but I don't yeah. think that they're going to be bad either. I mean, I absolutely think that Kyle Connor is incredible. I think they're going to score um, a lot of goals. Nick yeah. Ehlers obviously way, had... Is gonna work. Yeah. Nick Ehlers is a guy that we've loved on this podcast for years, and he really took that next step last year. Blake Wheeler still a solid playmaker. Cole Perfetti could be a real difference maker coming in as a rookie. So their top six at the very least is still going to score a shitload of goals. Um, and, and Shifley is going to be at the focal point of that. Um, you know, I think it, it's unfortunate. I think he could play a little bit more with Kyle Connor. But I mean, if Nick Ehlers is your consolation prize and Blake Wheeler is your consolation prize, you could be doing much worse. Yeah, It's actually kind of mind-blowing. Um, he hasn't finished with an average time of ice below 20-30 in six years. Um, so yeah. this guy's just absolutely Man, each eating minute. minutes. Every single one of the seasons yeah. is point per game or better. Crazy, so. yeah. Uh, and still just 29, so he is getting older. But again, not at the point where you're kind of worrying about uh, that impending uh, age drop falling off the cliff anytime soon. So. Yeah, I just love how you reach a point per game every year, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, we should draft you in the 130th. Yeah, the 12th round. Like, sure, 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 sure. Uh, speaking of which, it's, it's actually hilarious. Because so, he hit a guy hard in the playoffs. True, that's probably it. His, his ADP, or my sleeper's ADP, is 133, right behind Mark Shifley. And I actually have him ranked one spot ahead of Mark Shifley. So uh, these two were neck and neck for me. But I went with Rupe Hintz Rupe. out of, of Dallas. Uh, yeah, Rupe Hintz, obviously we saw what he was capable of producing last year playing a full season basically the entire season from start to finish uh with jason robertson and joe pavelski robertson had a breakout season hints also didn't have like uh, an injury every single night of the season um i remember on my dfs show we literally played the hints drinking game like because he was a game time decision every single night and if somebody asked me if hints is playing tonight i would drink and Unfortunately, I didn't get to enjoy that part of it this year, but he played 80 games. He scored 37 goals with 35 assists, 72 points. Um, shot 17.4%, quite high, uh, but did shoot 15.8 and 16.3% the uh, seasons prior. So even if his goal production slips a bit uh, this season, he's still a 35 uh, goal guy for me. On a shooting percentage, was actually lower than it was the season prior at 126 Um Pavelski just seemingly defies logic and just gets done every single year. Jason Robertson is is just an absolute superstar in the making right now. Uh, and Rupe Hintz is just right in the middle of the mix there uh, and just get it done uh, every single night as well. Um, again, coming off a career year, 72 points in his fourth year. Elite goal production was 20th in the league, uh, 48th in points. 
And uh, the, the big thing for me is that he drastically increased that shot volume. So um, if he continues to increase that shot volume, obviously that will offset any uh, potential regression in that 17.4 shooting percentage. But uh, I think that he's got, uh, you know, he, obviously he's got 40 goal potential. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up finishing closer to 30 um, than 40. But then still, you know, he's going to have 30 to 40 assists. And, and we're talking about, um, you know, 133rd overall it just really doesn't make a yeah. whole lot of sense and i think we all kind of expect that line to kind of continue to take that team over this year so i would i mean him and robertson were basically both right at 18 minutes an average time on ice last year and i would expect not expect but i think there's definitely a possibility that that grows by another minute or two so again could help offset any regression and could help potentially uh push hints over a point per game like his buddy Robert. Yeah, they were one of only two lines that played over 700 minutes together at 5v5 last year. The other obviously being uh, Gaudreau, Lindholm, and Kachuk. Yeah. Even while missing, you know, those couple games, or not couple games, I guess it was 20 games a season or before, he's still 41st in league-wide scoring in the last two oh, years. Yeah. So that just shows how much production he actually has had. Um, on my write-up photo, I put that he's not going to be a sneaky selection come draft day, but it's showing he still is. And it's kind of funny to see... Um, I thought that, you know, people would have kind of caught on by now, but apparently not. Um, Rupe is a sleeper, and then some, I think it might just be like his thing. It's just like Rupe's a sleeper again. Yep. Next year, same thing. Just draft him. Yeah. Every year. Puts up 90 points, going to be another sleeper. Uh, but no, I love it. I think uh, he's a lot of fun to watch, and uh, as you mentioned, Jason Robertson is a decent counterpart to have. Um, just... Obviously, we only talk about three sleepers. We each mentioned one, but I might as well just mention a couple more names that just, you know, the ADP is drastically different than the daily face-off ranking. Um, and again, this isn't because I love Ryan O'Reilly, but his ADP of 156 right now uh, is is a big dis- uh, discrepancy between uh, that and my ranking for him. Uh, Tage Thompson had a massive year last year. Somehow just, you know, one of the young budding stars in the league. ADP of 142, um, Dylan Larkin, 146, Tom Ash Hurdle, 158. We just talked about Braden Point, and then as I mentioned, maybe I'm a little high, but Patrice Bergeron in 83. But, I mean, there's there's just a list of centers here. Bo Horvat, Matt Barzell, Ryan Hartman, Anze Kopitar, Thomas Nick Hartman. Suzuki, Vincent Trocek. Yeah, I just mentioned him. Did like, you? Yeah, yeah. No. Like, they're, they're... I tune out a lot when you speak. Yeah. There's a bunch of names there of guys that could be like legitimate number two centers that are going anywhere between 140th and 160th. Like that's how deep center is, and why we continue to emphasize if they're playing, they have wing eligibility, they are you know they are worth it because you can you can fill out those other spots much later in the draft. But beeps, uh, let's make that. What did you say? A negative sandwich. Yeah. Compliment sandwich. Compliment sandwich. All right, so Beebs, let's hear your bust center for 2023. The negative middle, I guess, we'll go with. Yeah, um, and really the sandwich is normally made up, normally named after the middle contents. Yeah, absolutely. But so, it is called a compliment sandwich, so I don't know. So I'll take We're a... We're naming it after the bread in this instance. Yeah. I'll take a uh, Malkin sandwich, I guess, uh, since he is the meat between these buns. Nice. Um, he is my bust this year, and I hate to bust on a 36-year-old... Um, but yeah, he Evgeny, doesn't need that. Right yeah, now. no, no, that's not what he needs at this point in his career. But um, if anything, Evgeny Malkin is just going way too high at sixty-two point one right now in drafts. He might be a point per game player, but I think he will be. But yeah, he just doesn't play enough games 
ever. Um, he hasn't played more than 55 games or scored more than 25 goals since 27, 2018. That was before we even knew what COVID was. That was so long ago. I don't even know. I, I couldn't even read back then. But um, he has not <laughs> eclipsed 200 shots in four years. Um, if you're drafting someone at 68, 69, we've talked about some huge names here um, that are going way later in the hundreds. I want someone who can guarantee me at least more than 25 goals and at least more than 200 shots. We mentioned how Pittsburgh does their their thing. They give these guys rest when they're hurt. They let them sit, and that might work for them throughout the year, but it doesn't work for us in fantasy. Some other names that are going right around Evgeny Malkin, John Tavares at 66, uh, Sam Reinhardt at 65, Evgeny Kuznetsov at 67, Brock's boy, Patrice Bergeron at 84, and then even Josh Norris at 91 out almost rather have just with a full season and just the upside we know what we're getting from Malkin yes point per game but is it worth it when you have him sitting on your IR or your, your what do we call it here he's, it's, he's it's the been an off season on your hardest player every year to project because yeah. he's top 20 of the NHL in points per game he is 1.12 points per game yeah. um, over the last three seasons but over that same stretch, he's missed 37.7% of the yeah. games. Percent I mean, of the he, games. He's literally yeah. not out there for 40% yeah. of the season. He's so hard to trust. If you're taking him 62nd, that's like that's a fourth-round pick. That's you, you You have to... He has clear 90-point upside. But he literally has not only played 70-plus games once in the last 10 years. Yeah, it's not going to do it It's now. just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, like... Uh, just you just need a. Here's the thing. We just talked about a shitload of centers who you can get super late. So, like, there's there's a couple ways you could look at this. Yes, you don't need to draft Malkin because you can get a center away later. That's probably the route that I would go. But you could also be like, look, at when Malkin's in the lineup, he's going to be producing. And I can get a center later as an insurance policy because I know he's going to hit the uh, IR. And then I can just slip in Nick Suzuki or Hurdle or Shifley or whoever these guys are that you're getting at, like, 150. So there's a couple different ways to look at it. My thing is, you know, would you rather have 37% lost games or your first goalie off the board, your your first D-man off the board? These are all things yeah. that I'd rather I, fill my line. I'd rather with. wait two or three rounds before taking milk. And I wish yeah. his ADP was closer to where it yeah. was last if year. If it wasn't like 100, taking, I'd be like, awesome. Yeah, you know, I love Malkin. taking the risk on him because, you know, we're talking about a lot of these guys, you know, and the upside they have and the potential to get to 90 points and, uh, who knows what the exact probabilities are for some of them. At least you know with Malkin, there's a 10% chance he's going to play 70 games. Yeah. At that point, he'll probably get 90 points, right? So, But yeah, I mean, Taking honestly, it's probably less than that. He's yeah. done it once in the last 10 years, and he's 36 now. So it's, I don't think you can honestly say it's 10 I don't think his rig has still, that many I, games in it. Yeah, I still think like if you're looking, you know, you don't have to get too far down in the draft to look at Malkin's potential upside, even with how massive the injury risk is. I don't even want to call it injury risk. It's more like injury certainty yeah, yeah. <laughs> with Malkin. But um, yeah, you don't have to get too far down to where me, it becomes worth it. Yeah. But it's, it's Just not that at 66. 66. Yeah, it's I need like... to have hopefully close to a pretty full starting lineup already yeah. before I would go and pick him up. You so can have John Tavares I probably won't night. end up, yeah, I'm probably not going to end up with Malkin in any leagues. Well, there's no way any of us end up with Malkin in yeah. any of our leagues because here are the guys going around him. John Tavares, same position. Evander Kane, uh, uh, he's playing with Connor McDavid. I don't know if you guys know that. Yeah. Uh, also, friends of the show, Nikolai Ehlers, Kevin Fiala, William Nylander. So, 
Yeah, I think yeah. when it comes and to that point eligibility. The, yeah, when it comes to that point of the draft, we're gonna take friends of the show uh, over Evgeny sure. Malkin. But, but it's just funny because it's like you know, if they play a full season, who's gonna finish with the most points out of? Oh, and if, he's gonna have he's gonna have twenty points. I know. If I made my projections I and I put every single player at eighty two, he'd be like number twelve in the yeah. league. Like, I know. I know. But yeah, no, I agree. Sixty six is just it's again. it's too big of a risk, even for me. And yeah. for the even with the obviously like we said you want to shoot for upside it's just too big of a risk at that point. Okay, it'd just, be different if those points per game were like even goals and even assists, but he's goal heavy too, or sorry, assist heavy too. So he's not helping you as much in those categories as you think. Well, he's busty. I think these other couple guys might have a little bit of bust potential as well. Yeah. Um, Your guys' picks were a lot more obvious uh, than mine. I came in third on this one. I would. But but no, hold on. I just want just look at the ADP. I would just quick question. So. You've got Malkin at 62, you've got Kuznetsov at 67, and Kadri at 68. Which of the three would you rather have? Kuz- like, I'm still... I'd rather have Kuznetsov than... I'm still Kuz. probably going Malkin. Yeah, I'll, have- I'll take Ovechkin center. I'd go Kuz, Malkin, Kadri. I think Kadri could have a good year. I know. Like, I think he could be a point per game again this year. Well, the we'll problem talk- is he's not going to score that many goals. And, yeah. So, I... Uh, and obviously, there's a chance that Kadri just Kadri's one of those hard Kadri, ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think I would take his nets out there, but I'd be tempted at going Malkin over him for sure. But it honestly, would definitely depend with what I have honestly first. with I know what the ADPs are, and there are other guys I would be going for. Right, so, but if you had to pick between those three, yeah, um, I, I might as well just go next, cut you like, off. Honestly, here for in a, a vacuum, like ADP, throw it out the window. I take Shifley before all of those guys. So yeah, I wouldn't because I know I can probably wait a couple rounds and still get him, but. If I if we were just all like the three of us are here drafting teams with you know say whatever list it is it's alphabetical order I'm taking Shifley before yeah I have I have Hints Shifley Point who are our three sleepers all I have oh, and yeah. I'd rather have all of them before and, and, and over Kuznetsov and over Big time. but I might as well go next because uh, my boss is Nazem Kadri. Um, just a big concern for me is just the fact that he's leaving Colorado. Uh, were they good offensively? Yeah, they were. They were quite good. He obviously was just outrageous. He had eighty-seven points in seventy-one games. We sat here, I believe it was in November, and he was leading the NHL in points at one point. Uh, he shot eleven point three percent, which is right along with his career average of eleven point two. But his on-ice shooting percentage was considerably higher at twelve point eight percent. Uh, it's just to me. I just think obviously he, you know, he played a lot with with um, Nate uh, Gabe Landeskog, uh, played some with with, with Brantman. Obviously McKinnon. We talked about him being out. So Kadri was playing a prominent role. Kadri played 19 minutes and 14 seconds per night in Colorado last year. A lot again had to do with the fact that McKinnon's out. But now you go to um, Calgary, where the minutes I just don't think are going to be there. Like no. Mikel Backlid is was a a really sturdy minutes a night. Well, he so. was just a really sturdy number two center option for them for years. So yeah, do I think Backlund's probably better suited for a number three role? Yes, but he's going to be utilized just like Jordan Stahl is in Carolina, where Jordan Stahl on most nights might play more than the second line. I'm just a little bit concerned about the amount of ice time that Kadri's going to see. I think he's going to settle back in. 
um, to you know that sixty and a half minutes a night that he has been accustomed Disagree. to playing for the last five years. Like, I don't think they pay him what they paid him to play him. But you've already minutes. got Lindholm playing like twenty two minutes a night. Like n- n- people, Lindholm. Yeah. I think the fourth line is barely going to play. I Kadri hope so. Is going to get 18, 19 minutes. I'd be. Kadri could play on the top line. We might see Lindholm on the wing. I'm we telling could, you, they it, didn't pay him that much money. If they did, there's a major disconnect between the front office and the coaching staff. It's a pretty new coaching staff. I wouldn't so I don't say think that's I wouldn't say it's a big disconnect. I think that what you they don't were doing pay is, that guy that money at his age to pay him 16 minutes a night. I would agree with it's you. It's not gonna happen if you didn't just lose Johnny Gaudreau and like all the turmoil that surrounded that team this offseason. It was like we got to do right. Something. So let's talk about all the guys playing 20 minutes a night that are no longer there. Right, but you've got. <laughs> it, 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 don't get me wrong. If Kadri plays yeah. center and, and Lindholm goes to the wing, that is a completely different thing. I don't, entirely. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's gonna happen all the time, but I think it will happen. I think, it I could. think they'll do it a lot. I just don't know. I, I just don't think they're gonna like give Mikel Backlund nothing. Like I still think that there's. Go- it, it, you got to remember too. We're talking about Daryl Sutter, right? Like this isn't like the most progressive coach in the NHL. Yeah. He he but might just Kadri, like he's gonna he's he gonna go love Kadri. I think he will too. I, don't <laughs> yeah, get me wrong, Kadri but I just yeah. I think that there's going to be a drop. He's not going to be playing with Gabe Landeskog. He's not going to be playing uh, with Miko Rantanen. It's just hard to see. And like honestly, I I don't it's mind. A bit of a, yeah, I don't mind Kadri, but the ADP of sixty eight yeah. is just it's it, just too with rich. On that, absolutely. It's like Peter like that's Falcon, the only like, reason. Like, if, if but Kadri, I don't think like I don't think he's the most obvious regression candidate we've ever seen. I think. That he could very easily get similar ice time, be on that top power play unit, and see some 5v5 time with Huberto and Lindholm. And I think he could be around a point per game, but it's going to be very assist heavy. Um, and yeah, like it's, you know, there's obviously a lot more risk that comes with it. So at this ADP, I'm with you. Like, I, I want to wait three if, or four rounds. If he's going where Shifley's going, Shifley he's a day. sleeper on, yeah. this, on this episode, yeah. right? It's just, it's all about the ADP. Like that, like to me, You've got Bergeron, Norris, Jack Hughes. Yeah, I just don't point, think I don't think it's as bad as some people are maybe fearing. Like I don't think he's going to go back to being a, a forty-point guy. Like I, I no, think, I don't. I mean, I, I don't, don't think he's going to be. I don't think he's going to be a forty-point guy, but he's probably a sixty-point guy. Yeah, maybe. And, and that, and I think that there's just there's just yeah. not a whole lot there. Like I just think you, we need to respect how good he was last. Year. He was, but and have, I think not we have to be too revisionist with the history of it and remember that he played over half his minutes not on the top line with those big boys. Right, no, and, and but 19 minutes is just something that I don't think is going to be there. And, and to me, obviously... I think he'll be closer to 19 than 16. So I think he'll be closer to a point per game than 60 points, personally. So, so again, just to reiterate... If you want to bet on over under 70 no, points, but, I'll go but all But at 68, are you fine with taking him no, and getting your... No, I'm not. But yet? Brock's talking it down a little too much for my liking. Right. I think there's... Obviously, there's a point where every player, where you'd be happy taking him. And for me, yeah. Kadri not taking them at sixty six, probably not take them for another. Like three if he's or four going, rounds. if he's going where Braden Shen is at one hundred and seven, yeah, all day. That's where I'm looking at him too. But at sixty, at sixty eight, like I said, same thing, same comparison yeah. as Malkin. But Kadri before Evander last King, year wasn't yeah, being drafted. He was on the waiver wire. I don't think he's going back to that. Is all I'm saying. Oh no, he's definitely definitely not. and I don't think he's that bad either. Not, no, no doubt in my mind. Yeah. But I, it's just way, way too rich. And it, when I, you know, I looked yeah. at my and rankings, it's going to be assist heavy. That's the thing too, right? So. It's not great, and he's straight center eligibility. So I, I'm right with you. Like it's it's definitely too early. But yeah, I just think there's a I lot of like first line centers you could take around that time too instead, where you know you're not going to get that from him. Absolutely. It, 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 and we kind of talked about it earlier with Lindholm. I mean, there is a lot of unanswered questions as to how that whole thing is going to shake out. 
And, I mean, can you name a better center trio if they go Lindholm, Kadri, Backlund in the NHL? There's not. I don't think there's a better one in the league. That is elite. Backlund's been a great second line center for years. And now it's like, oh, you can yeah, just go push your back. Yeah, it's incredible. So if they we go, should be doing it, exactly. But if they go with those three, that is an absolutely elite trio. And uh, I, I don't think that you know, even if he doesn't play with Huberto, I think I, I'm a Coleman fan. I'm a Mangiapane fan. I talked about Mangiapane almost every episode last year. Uh, he could even be a Tyler Toffoli if Mangiapane. Like, he's gonna have good line mates. Yeah. It's just I. It's just not great. I just don't know. I don't know if we're going to be sitting here in November and be like, man, I cannot believe Dazzin Cashley's leading the NHL points again. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't think like that's the case yeah. either. Obviously, we'd be arguing him a lot higher than that. But yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I would not be touching him anywhere near his, his current ADP. But I, uh, I would also be taking him closer to the middle of drafts than the end of it. I Who still... also are you not taking at their current ADP? Uh, it is Elias Pettersson. At 52 and a half, <laughs> which is pretty outrageous when uh, you hear yeah. some of the guys we've talked about. I wish I could laugh harder. And it's tough because like Kadri, I like Pedersen at the right price. Um, I was a big defender of his last year after the awful start. Uh, and he's one of those guys that when you watch him play, he just grabs your attention. He's flashy. Right? Yeah, he's he's an outstanding talent. Like Beef said, he's a flashy guy. Barzell. Uh, but we have a track record of 245 career NHL games to go off of now. And it's hard to argue that he has the upside to justify taking him 52nd overall. He had 68 points in 80 games last season. We saw a slight increase in the shot volume, but unless there's another drastic improvement there this season, he's going to have a really hard time improving on the 32 goals he scored last year, given that 16% shooting percentage. Between him and JT Miller, it's just hard to imagine that there's going to be enough assists to go around in that offense to get his point totals to where they need to be to, again, justify what is an early fourth round pick on him, or early fifth round pick, sorry. I think if all goes right for him this season, uh, I think he could potentially score 35 goals and maybe flirt with a point per game. But again, that's just not the floor or ceiling that you want to justify spending uh, the 52nd overall pick on. So not a massive bust by any means, but again, another guy that I'm looking at taking a good three or four uh, rounds later than he's going right now. Yeah, yeah. Um... I'm a little bit like, I'm similar to how you feel about Nazem Kadri for Elias Pedersen for me, um, mostly just because I think it's it's easy to forget. Again, you were the, you were really the one that drove the train last year, saying, you know, he's a great buy low candidate, and, and be, better things are to come. He did finish with 44 points in his final 34 games of the season last year. Again, he shot 21, percent but he had 100 shots over that stretch, which leads to 242 shots over an entire season. And he's a guy that, yeah, he shot 16% last year, but he's a career 17% shooter. 242 shots at 17% is 42 goals. So, like, there's certainly crazy goal-scoring upside. But I agree, his assists are probably going to fall right around that 40 point. Like, so yeah. he has 40-40 upside. So he, he's basically Sebastian Aho, but he's only, go, like, at, at his best. Where we know what we're getting with Sebastian Aho. But, like, he's going significantly earlier than he probably should to make that bet right yeah, yeah like at 52 it's just like a little bit too rich to be like yeah at his best he's sebastian aho at his worst he goes the first whatever it was well, like he might be 30 30 right yeah like so yeah. same as he was last yeah. year essentially so he's gonna fall anywhere in between that little 60 to 70 point range yeah. and at 52 you're basically saying like 
he's gonna be a point per yeah. game player. He's gonna you're blow drafting up, like, him at what he did during that second half, and you're completely forgetting it at at fifty two, and you'd be completely forgetting that he had fifty five other games where he had twenty four points. Yeah. So like you said, you know, it could come a lot more down the middle, but I think at this value, you're basically saying. I think you're a 44-point guy in 35 games, and I think that's way too high. So, yeah. yeah. That range of the draft is basically when you're, like, taking your shot. With, yeah. Like, this is my guy that's going to break out. You're taking a point-per-game player who can reach This is my breakout points. player, yeah. and I don't know that Pedersen... Like, it's just, yeah. I don't know... Like, where does Pedersen go? He, the, the ceiling cannot be that much higher. They, I, not with the current outlook, right? If no. they had brought in, like, a Makachuk or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. You know, bringing back Miller is nice, but, yeah, I don't think... Um, he has quite the supporting cast around him to really break in uh, to a spot in the fantasy world that justifies taking him that high. The good news for Pedersen uh, is he does have left wing eligibility. He did play quite a bit on the wing towards the end of last season. So the left wing eligibility helps out a little bit. Uh, but yeah, that ADP is is quite high. Uh, again, if you look at uh, my rankings versus um, and it's just so ADP, funny. he's actually the the... Other than Brandon Shen, he's like the highest. It's just so funny to me because it's a guy that the whole entire fantasy hockey community was ready to write off, you know, 30 games into last season. Yeah. And then somehow we've come around so hard Which on I, him to get him back into the first five rounds. I also like don't understand that because the year before he's going into the year and it's like, well, what can't this guy do? Have you seen the goals he scores? So it's like, well, yeah, I has mean, anyone fluctuated more? Than he was so Patterson? great his rookie season. Yeah. And it's just you look at that at age 20 years old and you just yeah, wait. Like, he's going to put on weight. And you he's wait gonna... for him to take that next step. And it just hasn't happened. No. They haven't really given him the extra ice time, but he came in playing 18 minutes. So there's not. I don't know if you can really handle that extra ice time because you're kind of yeah. as much as he puts up these points. It's Kenny. Is he that two way player that you can give right. 20 minutes to? Not yet. And I think that's really what's going to hurt his breakout for now, um, or realistically him getting to that 80 point plateau. Yeah. Um, so no, certainly yeah, at it that could point, happen if you know if he takes a major step forward in his yeah, game. But you could literally risk. say that about anyone. Yeah. So. <laughs> He could be 100 points if he takes a major step forward. Well, anyone in that top 80 is like playing first power play, playing yeah. first line. So like, exactly. Like you there's said, nothing you know, really there's unique about Patterson at that spot that, that makes him worth taking. Yep. So again, another guy I like and like Kadri, I'm probably in on him. You know that three or four rounds behind his ADP, but yeah, that's just way too high. Yeah, you get you give him to me around 70. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Closer to 50, too early. Beeps, who's your breakout? Oh, I love breakouts. Breakouts My are break so Breakouts are exciting. Um, this, optimistic. This one's exciting, and we and should we should start just before we go here. At least center, left wing, right wing. We should start a bet where combined points from our three breakouts. Who can have the, the highest points in the three combined breakouts? Okay. Fair. Sure. Beer bet. Lock it in. I gotta start picking better breakouts. Even though I love this one. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm fine with how yeah. this has started. So. Um, but um, not many people's breakout candidates can realistically say that they were just named captain to one of the most historic franchises in the NHL. But mine can. It's Nick Suzuki at 23 years old and currently going 157th in drafts. I expect bigger things from Suzuki this year. After having consecutive 41-point seasons, he took a massive step forward in 21-22, reaching 20 goals and 40 assists for the first time in his career. This was helped by both him and Cole Caulfield having arguably massive second halves of the season as he had 34 goals in his last 38 games put that together across a whole season that's nearly 70 plus points something that is totally capable from him as he goes into his year 24 season um, Suzuki's set to line up on top power play top line and he realistically un- unlike Pedersen can eat 
every minute you give him. He <laughs> dominates both sides of the ice. This is a player who's just growing more and more as we see it happen. Only had 186 so shots last year. Yeah, and I, I deservedly will send it. But only 186 shots last year in a minus 29. That's going to keep him lower on the draft boards. But if he can get over that 200-shot plateau, we could easily see this guy work his way up into the mid-20 goals and even higher 40-plus assist um, area. And if you're getting him at 157, 160 in your draft, he can easily break out into a top 100-point candidate and give you way better production as a final draft uh, selection. I like this guy. If, if you know if you're at the bottom of your roster, you're throwing darts at a board. Why not take the 24-year-old who has been handed the reins to the whole team? Cole Caulfield last year originally started the year quite slow, eventually getting sent down to Laval, the AHL. That's another player who's looking to have another huge second half with Caulfield's success. Come Suzuki's success, and those are two players who I think could really break out together. Um, I like Suzuki at 157. I wouldn't be jumping the gun expecting point pre in production, but at the same time, if you can get 70 points out of this kid, that is a breakout season, and that will keep him in the top 100 of future drops. Yeah, I I like Suzuki probably a little bit more as like a sleeper than a than a breakout. I I don't know how much more we can reasonably expect. Only because I think he's certainly capable, and if he ends up, he can make me eat my words if he ends up playing another twenty minutes a night this year, which is is definitely possible. My only concern is that they bring in Kirby Doc, who is playing like eighteen minutes a night in Chicago. They still have Christian Dvorak, who played uh, a lot of minutes for them last year. So uh, all of a sudden, they're pretty deep down the middle, and, and maybe the move to go out and get Doc uh, is to maybe take a little bit of that burden off of Suzuki. Oh, Again, they make, could you they make Doc captain? Yeah, uh, huh. did I miss? That? Could you uh, or they make Nick Suzuki captain? Could you I'm have a beast. worse I think he's going to eat minutes this year. Yeah, he, I, he certainly could. Like I said, he could definitely still play over twenty minutes. I'm, I just, I think maybe not. I think it'll be nineteen. Yes, yeah, least, yeah. Like, I think is, he's their first line center. He's going to play in all situations. Hundred percent alone. No, he's going to have him at nineteen minutes. How good is the team going to be? That is yeah. the question. I think he's a great hockey player. It's uh, terrific. That's what fuels this, is, this breakout is is what happens around him. Yeah, yeah, and you feel really good because he's taken a, a pretty big step forward in each of his first two years, right? Had like you said, back to back forty one points, but the first one came in seventy one games, second one came in fifty six games, and then of course, kind of put that all together over the full eighty two last year in a very difficult environment. Yeah, what a shit! Team. Really, not many other players were putting it together for a full eighty two. So to do that as a twenty two year old, I think he earned the C first yeah. of all, yeah. as a capitaine. And I, uh, yeah, I think... Good French. I, I, I just think it's a safe bet in terms of... I, I kind of am with Brock in that I like him as a sleeper, but I certain, there's certainly room for him break to, up to, to break out and, and build on top of that 61-point total. But it feels like a really reliable floor to me uh, for a 23-year-old guy that was a very highly touted prospect and has consistently gotten better each of the last two seasons remember when he got traded for patch speaking of patch that's uh that's the theme of this episode it is, he's yeah. touched all center episode just six degrees around. of max patch yeah um <laughs> the one thing that is certainly worth noting is that um after martin st louis uh was hired as coach Decent of yeah. the montreal canadians fire he uh he had 34 points suzuki in his final 37 games he played 21 Point one three, or 21-13, I don't know. Do you, what I'm going do you think St. Louis likes him? Per night. So, I mean, he was, overall the season he was around 20. But once St. Louis was hired, he was 
around 21. So if, it's, if he drops a minute, he'll actually be closer to 20 than 19. There so you go. It, it's, it's entirely possible. We got 34 points in 37 games under Martin St. Louis. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I, I, I like Suzuki a, a ton. I, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I just don't know. I just don't know where it goes, but yeah. it, it, it's certainly possible with it. Like the supporting it, cast isn't great. So. Yeah, if Cole Caulfield takes a step forward, if Mike Hoffman plays on the other wing, and Mike Hoffman like suddenly is like a thirty goal guy, talk again, about like a sleeper. Be, yeah, like he should just always be a thirty goal I, guy. I am gonna invest in a little Mike Hoffman this yeah. year. I'll, I'll say that, and it probably won't take much more than the very last pick in, in your draft. Guaranteed the last, last. pick in the draft, but <laughs> but, last, yeah. but yeah, waiver wire. But uh, who's your breakout? I think this is the climax of the show here. Um, you know, hockey is a very stagnant fantasy sport. You don't see a ton of turnover uh, at the top of draft boards year to year like you might see in football. Uh, and I think if you look at our top 10 centers in the last two or three preseasons, probably doesn't look a whole lot different than tonight's. But every once in a while, every couple seasons, we see an elite talent come through and establish themselves a part of the very top echelon of fantasy hockey players. And this season, I think Jack Hughes is the best bet to make that massive leap. The same guy that I wrote off as an (laughs) (laughs) 18-year-old. I I think he could be absolutely tremendous this season. I will start by saying he already broke out last year. He just wasn't there for the full 82 games, so the casual fantasy hockey player has not quite realized it. He registered 56 points in 49 games last season. That's a 94-point pace uh, for those of you like Brock that enjoy the extrapolation game. We do. And he did it on the back of a more than sustainable 15% personal and 11.2% on-ice shooting percentage, with the driving force behind that point production being the Lions' dominant puck possession and the 165 shots on goal he was able to register in what was essentially just over half a season. So over three shots a game. Uh, the same shot volume and shooting percentage over a full 82 games would net him 41 goals this season. So you take that all into consideration. Uh, and remember, this is a guy who's entering just his age 21-year-old season, still very clearly getting better every year, just like Suzuki, uh, someone who's taken a pretty big step forward each of his first two off-seasons. Hughes had that awful, awful rookie year, came back in year two with a very respectable 31 points in 51 games as a 19-year-old with over three shots a game. And then, of course, put it all together last year with the 56 points in 49 games. So if he repeats what he did last year over full 82, we're looking at an easy 90 points. If his game and development takes another step forward, just as it has the last two years, we could be talking about one of the very best players in fantasy and honestly one of the very best players in the game, period. So the greatest concern, 100%, just like Suzuki, is the supporting cast. But I do think there's enough there given his tremendous talent for him to meet these lofty goals. He yeah, did Jasper. it with essentially the same crew last year. Yeah, we like Brat, obviously. I think there's enough there to at least help him be that elite play driving force at 5v5. Uh, and again, I, I think he could be slightly improved on his point per game totals last year. So ADP of 96.5 right now. Uh, maybe aside from point, probably the only one anywhere near him in terms of ADP with his sort of upside. I, I honestly not going to hesitate to take him as early as like the late fourth, early fifth round in redraft leagues. I think he is going to be a stud this year. Yeah. Stall coming full circle for you, eh? Yeah. Wow. He's the Complete. worst player in the league. I, I mean, I called it within a year. I think I said that, you know, he had completely turned around yeah. and all the underlying numbers were headed in the right direction. It's just, they, and it just keeps building on that year it, after year. They actually had a low-key big sign, not big signing, but big signing for Hughes this offseason. They brought in Andres Blatt from Tampa. He's the guy who knows how to play on the top six and 
kind of take the pressure off these top guys. Granted, he's not going to have more than 50 points, Palat, but the guys around him usually get 100, so who gives a f*** what Palat does? We <laughs> want Hughes, and uh, no, D, I love him. If only this guy didn't weigh as much as Brock, and he could put on like 10 more pounds. Um, at 175 pounds, he's, only he's getting just older, getting man. bullied out there. He's only getting but, older. Um, yeah, he's going to get older, he's going to get stronger. Um, 21 years old, this guy just just got allowed to buy his first beer so uh, yeah i honestly yeah. think he's the steal of the draft no like he I could agree. finish this season with 110 points and i would not be surprised i will say when looking at the adps um i didn't see everyone else's sleepers but he was one of the most or the uh, breakouts or sleepers but he was one of the most glaring ones right there it was like holy shit this guy's outside the top 10 um then again i had last year a couple of people who owned him in my ear who were just popping off all yeah. year so maybe you know but yeah he's a fun one he's only gonna get better yeah he uh there's no holes to really poke uh, in this argument uh, other than the <laughs> fact that like he just can't stay healthy. He's missed 20% of the games he's played uh, or, or you know, could have yeah. played. But we're talking breakouts. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, that's, that's the only concern healthy for him, really. Um, there's really nothing more you could say. I mean, he, he, he was incredibly good last year. Uh, I think that I'm probably a bigger Igor Sharagovich fan than <laughs> your average hockey fan. <laughs> what a nasty uh, season. I, I think Sharagovich is... is a great compliment for Hughes. They have tremendous chemistry. Their yeah. their numbers together have been outstanding. Uh, and Mercer's all, you know, another guy we like. Mercer just is, is, is oozy with offensive talent. And then even like speed, Tatar but... and Janssen are decent depth options, right? If yeah. any of these guys have to miss time, it's it's not going to be the end of the world if either of those two guys have to slide in the top six. Yeah, I mean, we probably just mentioned like four players that like the average hockey fan hasn't even heard of. So like, obviously, we're not talking about the who's who, but yes. from a... From it's a... better than it's been, I guess, is all over. Brock liked Igor so much that he asked me if he could add on to him on my... I, I think, like, I, re- I, like, think I rewrote your like, entire Igor Sharagovich Dude, go for it, man. Like, He's like, would you be offended if I did Igor Sharagovich? I'm like, Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That one's really going to hurt. It's interesting yeah. because you got Jack Hughes and Josh Norris back to back, and both are very capable of having humongous seasons this year. Uh, but yeah, Jack Hughes is great. And then, you know, 96, you just kind of look around the rest of the league here. Uh, you know, same ADP as Brian Russ and, and Jordan Cairo. Uh, obviously, we've been favoring the Wiggers a little bit, but. Um, Not at this point. You know, I, I think Hughes certainly has a significantly higher ceiling than both of them. He's got a higher ceiling than most players in the league. Yeah, he like he, first overall status will do yeah. that. And yeah. and higher than point, I would say, honestly. But like point is, is probably the like I said, he's the only safer. one going in that kind of range that to me is anywhere near the that same. The level wingers are just I think like better. outside of like Yeah. Yeah. Outside so really of like it. ADP wise. I don't know if there's really anybody that can break into that top 10, like, other than Jack Hughes. Like, maybe Lindholm, but he's ranked 11th. Right. Uh, John Tavares, potentially, if he has kind of a resurgent right. season. Right, top 10 centers, like, right? Yeah, top 10 centers. Like, and then Hughes, probably, like, you know, you've got solid options in Pedersen, Kuznetsov, Kadri, Bergeron, but, like, nah. they're not breaking into that top 10 most likely, where it's, like, Lindholm could... Tavares probably could if he has a resurgence season, and then Hughes. Like, yeah, and Hughes. we're due for a turnover. Like, it's been a few years since we had a player like put their name in the conversation of a top five overall fantasy pick, right? And uh, he certainly, to me, looks like yeah, like outside guys. of like McCarr, yeah, or, like real, yeah, maybe McCarr this year. But like, yeah. like I said, like since Matthews and McDavid coming in, like it's probably the last time yeah. that we had a real shakeup like that. So uh, we're due for it, and it's coming. And I think. Uh, Hughes is, is going to be the face of it this season. But you're right. The biggest thing 
is the health. Uh, but to me, like that is a risk you take on a on a twenty or one year old. Like yeah, I, we're not talking about Getty Malk, who's yeah. got ten seasons of never played more than seventy games. Exactly. And, his, yeah. uh, and I would love for Jack Hughes to put on fifteen pounds. I've been yeah. calling for it for three years. Also, and, I, like, and he's getting bigger. You learn how, how to take older. hits over years. Yeah, you exactly. learn how to go into those corners. Little things. Yeah. Uh, so my breakout is Vincent Trocheck, and I guess you would probably have to file this under re-breakout, considering the fact that he's already had 31 goals and 44 assists, 75 points, way back before he broke his leg in half in 2018. <laughs> uh, but he moves from Carolina to the New York Rangers in the offseason. Uh, he's averaged 24 goals and 36 points. Assist 60 points per 82 games during his two seasons in Carolina. And he'll fill a nearly identical second-line role with the Rangers. But now he gets the added benefit of playing with Artemi Panarin. This is obviously a massive uh, opportunity for Trocek to get back closer to that uh, aforementioned 75 points. To this point, every single center... This is going to be a good one. You guys are going to like this. Every right. single center that Artemi Panarin has played with has had a career-best season. Started with... Arno Benisimov in 2016 and 17 with the Blackhawks. Pierre-Luc Dubois' best season uh, in Columbus for 2018. And Ryan Strom in New York obviously uh, really found his game in 2020 and 2021. All of those guys played extended minutes most of the season with Artemi Panarin. And that is most likely going to be Vincent Trocek's role this season. Uh, Trocek also most likely inherits Ryan Strom's spot on the top power play unit as well. We already talked about how good that unit is with, with Fox and Panarin and Zibanejad and Kreider. I mean, I don't know if there's really going to be a whole lot left to go around for somebody like Vincent Trocek, but Ryan Strom... Yeah, I mean, Ryan Strom's uh, power play numbers were were, were great uh, nonetheless. So uh, last year, Ryan Strom had nine power play assists, five power play goals, so... 14 points, but the year prior, he had 18 power play points. The year before that, 17 power play points. So, a lot to go around there. Uh, It's just really like taking a look at what Ryan Strom was able to do in in, uh, the lockout shortened season. He put up 49 points in 56 games played uh, with Artemi Panarin. They did so with a 13.6 on a shooting percentage, but they backed that up with a 13.9 on a shooting percentage. Artemi Panarin is elite. Vincent Trocek is a guy that seems to have rediscovered his game a little bit after that gruesome injury. And uh, I I think, like, obviously he's a a potential breakout candidate, but at the same time, his ADP is 156. Like, he's almost not being drafted. So, um, at the very least, he's a terrific sleeper option because um, he's basically your last or second last pick of the draft. He's playing with Panarin. I don't know what more you could really ask for. Yeah. One thing that kind of stands out is during that 75-point season, he was actually playing over three and a half minutes more. Um, and we've talked about how Carolina kind of spreads their minutes out. Now that he's in New York, they've been kind of known to, if they have to, lean on different lines heavier than others. Um, we could see Trocek get close back to that 20-minute-a-night mark. With that comes the, you know, closer to 30 goal, high 25 goal production. Um, I know I'm hoping D wasn't listening that whole uh, segment because I'm planning on taking him at the end of our keeper draft, um, especially after that explanation the there, Brock. Yeah, well, it's, ah. to me, it's like the end, Wink Wink. <laughs> the draft that starts in round 11. Wink Wink. To me, it's pretty easy just to, to look at it and say, like, you, you don't have to really, like, think too hard. You literally just look at it's what there. Ryan Strom does, yeah. did. Like, Ryan Strom played 18... 20 a night two seasons in a row yeah. three seasons in a row he played 19 and a half in his first year but like he's gonna play over 18 minutes a night with Artemi Panarin and on the top power play unit it's, it, it seems pretty simple 
Good but, brain uh, breakout. Yeah, that's a re-breakout. Vincent Trocek. But that is going to do it for Season 8, Episode 1 of the DFO. Wait a second. No, it's not. We don't actually need to break down rookies like we used to, but I just want to mention a, a handful of rookies uh, at the position. We used wow. to just really go through them. So, uh, but Maddie Bernier's is really the only one that sticks out. Yeah. Uh, current ADP of 158.7, but could be the top line center. Give me some other uh, names, bro. For the Seattle Kraken. Oh, why? You really want me to help you out in your, in your draft? You no, know, I'm just curious. You don't want rookies. It, it all depends on who, like, obviously makes the team. I, I, I think he's going to have center eligibility, but Kent Johnson in Columbus yes. would potentially be one as well. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, we'll obviously get to, to more rookies yeah. uh, in, in the later uh, episodes. But outside of that, I mean, there isn't a whole lot of, of rookie centers that could really um, come in and, and potentially make a, a big difference yeah um, outside of Verniers potentially be the top line center in Seattle he looked very very good um, a season ago in, in, in kind of his end of the season uh, run so Verniers is one of my favorites to to uh, to win the caller this year um, I'm assuming that Jack Quinn only has right wing eligibility in Buffalo so I will certainly so. talk about him yeah uh, I will right say episode as well yeah, but with, with, with an asterisk on rookies um, actually doing a piece just basically saying don't go after them in redraft leagues because rookies tend to go a lot higher we've only seen two get more than 70 points since 2006 um you could get 70 points from almost 70 other players in the nhl so just you know keep a distance from rookies when you are looking at them this year but berniers is one who kind of steps out as maybe he can break this 55 point plateau kind of thing yeah. that we've seen yeah. from rookies um, I do really like him, but um, yeah, I think yeah. as a general rule, if they're not stay the fuck away, if they're not the generational talent yeah. like uh, McDavid and coming in, there really and, isn't one this year. Yeah, no, there's not. There's definitely not. Um, and you know, rookies this year. I are... think if there's a rookie, and as we get closer to draft season and, and the start of the initial season, this will become more clear. But if there's any rookies that probably look Berniers like they have the a sizable role, like Berniers, yeah. they're worth a late round flyer because yeah, we have no idea what they could be, yeah. right? So, I think this is an interesting year for rookies. And we can see just most go high. I think the yeah, last yeah. couple of years, no, we've absolutely. averaged one in the top 100. But I'm with you. Like It's it's a late yeah. round flyer at best. Never go top No, it's not a real investment. It's just, or maybe you just put them on your watch list because, yeah, like there's obviously potential there. Yeah. Every once in a while we see it. You know, sometimes there's these older rookies that break through. Out of nowhere, like but it's more about old yeah, it's more about the opportunity than anything. So just keep an eye out uh, for the news and alerts, and, and keep your eye on dailyfaceoff.com as we get closer to opening day. Yeah, just to further the uh, kind of what Beeb said there, I do have Maddie Bernier's projected for twenty goals, thirty eight assists, fifty eight points. It's a nice turn. So uh, Jack Quinn, straight right wing, straight right wing. I figured that would be the case in terms of just overall Calder favorites. Um, you know, Mason McTavish, he might have center eligibility. Yeah, he um, but most likely just going to be a winger this season in the NHL, but center eligibility potential in, in uh, fantasy. Matty Swedish or Swiss? Who? McTavish. Yeah, he was born there, but I don't think like, he plays under the Boom. Canadian. Yeah. He's officially a friend of the show. Oh, Marco Rossi, actually, is yes. the other one Big in time. Minnesota. Marco Rossi could play top six minutes for the Wild. He's most likely going to end up on a line Guy's uh, a point machine. with Matt Boldy. He was very, very good. Uh, in the AHL a season ago, I believe he finished second on the Iowa Wild in points, 53 points, 18 goals, 35 assists uh, for them. And, and realistically, we saw Freddie Gaudreau uh, step into a, a pretty big role with the Wild last year. We saw that Matt Boldy 
Uh, Goudreau-Fiala combination work really well. Now that Fiala's not there, it, it definitely leaves a little bit to be desired uh, on the wings in Minnesota. But Marco Rossi could be a guy that really kind of makes a difference um, at, like replacing Frederick Goudreau. Yeah. So Rossi's uh, actually crazy because he would have been in the league last year if he didn't have his COVID scare, um, which actually for a year almost took him out. Uh, so two years ago. Yeah, he um, had like Marco... Yeah. Marco Microcarditis. But he, 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 I believe, I believe Not three years ago he led <laughs> he the OHL in points. So this is a guy every league he's gone to, he's put up production. Um, I love Ross. Yeah, he's and great. he is born in Austria. He so is. we he's, are he's just getting legit, he's more legit, and more global. He's actually with this from game. there. Yeah. Legitimately Austrian. Uh, other rookies, though, Owen Power on the back end is likely supposed to, you know. Get yeah, we'll get to the, we'll get to them yeah. down the road once Obviously, we get to that. Honestly, at that. I think Mace McTavish is legitimately Swiss if he was born there. Well, he plays for the. But he plays for the. Yeah. I I understand, but I think that you owe the McTavish family an apology because I'm sure he has Swiss citizenship. All right, now that we'll officially do it for the season eight episode no one of the apologies. Daily Faceoff Fantasy Podcast, other otherwise He's known. Born He's got to have it. Otherwise known as the it's Swiss like cast. <laughs> Yeah. We're just just taking it all back to our roots there with the Switzerland. We're claiming him, is yes. all I'm saying. 100%. He's born in Zurich. Friend yes. of the show, Mason yes. McTavish. Mason McTavish and Timo Meyer will forever go down in infamy on this podcast. But anyways, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will have the Left Wing preview coming up uh, very, very shortly. We'll see you guys then. Glad we're back. Bringing you up the middle. Peace. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, 
Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.